Show presented by FanStream Sports. Hey! Now, here's award winning sports journalist JP. From the three, Brady throws, pass caught, Evans touchdown. I love the silence of the Superdome when Buccaneers score touchdowns. Just freaking awesome. Welcome to the program, everybody, on Victory Monday as the Bucks vanquish the Saints, send Drew Brees packing, and it's on to Green Bay. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. All right, welcome to the program, folks. Um, that kind of wet your whistle a little bit for what was, let's just be honest, an historic win for the Buccaneers. There have not been many playoff wins in history. But when your quarterback is Tom Brady and you end the career of Drew Brees and you do it in such a fashion that it's a complete team win, it's not just about Brady, well, that's a good day. And that's a day you're going to remember for a long, long time, Buccaneer fans. Um, And for Saints fans like Radio Johnny, taking it like a pro, though, I got to admit, he's taking it like a pro. Showed up early today, kicking ass, doing his job, while many Saints fans just sob uncontrollably throughout the French Quarter. Mm. <laughs> but that's football. It happens, man. It happens. That's football, brother. That's football. Um, it was a hell of a game, though. It's everything that you want in watching. Well, maybe not everything. I, I would have loved to have seen a, a home crowd, maybe not that Louisiana <laughs> Superdome <laughs> crowd. Clearly, that uh, it would have been different with that, but... I don't want to take anything away from the players. That was a masterful execution of a defensive game plan that we begged for the last time. And, you know, we we talked a lot about this last week with all the great guests that we brought on with Sal Palantonio and Solomon Wilcots and Mike Neighbors and so many of the great guests that we had last week that the defensive backs are going to win or lose this game for for the Buccaneers. And we probably should have extended that to just the pass defense. You know, throw in Devin White, and 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 they did a phenomenal job. They did a phenomenal job. And a tip of the cap to Todd Bowles, who's going to interview. Is it this week with the Eagles? Well, he, he's got it today. Today, is he interviewing with today. them today? They'd be smart to hire Todd Bowles. I don't want to see him go, but they'd be they'd be smart to hire him. Although, I, I'll just say this: that game plan that he went into in uh, November. I don't know if that was just the worst game plan that he ever came up with or whether they did it on purpose. I mean, that sounds crazy, right? That sounds crazy. You wouldn't set up a team for a for a possible play. No, that, that wouldn't happen. But if that's what they did, it's brilliant because that's the way you play Drew Brees. You get up in their face. How about Michael Thomas not having a reception? What the what? How, I, that would have been long odds. 
And, and these corners did a freaking unbelievable job on all the receivers. Um, and Drew Brees, just look, it's time for him to go. He is career top five quarterback in the history of the league. That's not arguable. Um, and he he played, he, he was a gamer till the very end. Mm-hmm. But he, he just wasn't going to get it done against his defense. JP, Johnny, moment of silence for Drew Brees' career, please. <sighs> Right. Just because let's, you let's just because you beat him doesn't mean you ended his career. No, just so you guys can understand. It was time. It was I will time. Let, I will say that, and I will be salty as much as you want me to be salty about it. You did not end Brees' career. No, it just happened to work out that way. And uh, much respect for Drew Brees. He's one of my favorite players of all time. I mean, oh, who got yeah. who got more out of their natural born ability than Drew Brees? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, it's six a six six foot one quarterback. With never had an overpowering arm, um, but it, as, as well prepared a gamer as you've ever seen. Watching that video of him, you know, by himself on an off week, going through the entire game plan, um, just literally miming it out by himself in the in the in the uh, empty dome. Empty dome. It's crazy. But enough about Drew Brees. Let's talk about this Buccaneers team. What a freaking phenomenal job that this team did. Um, and it started with Sean Murphy bunting. And this was, we said that, the, how many times did I say it last week? Drew Brees is going to throw you some picks. You got to catch him. You got to catch him. And I thought this play was absolutely indicative of the Bucks' game plan, how they executed it, and how their aggressiveness was the key to the win. Second and nine now. This one's picked. Intercepted by the Bucks. It's Murphy bunting down the sideline. I don't know how you don't get into the end zone there. <laughs> Very big man knocked you out, but you got to score there. Uh, the Bucks would end up scoring, and I thought that was one of the biggest plays of the game because the Bucks had to get turnovers to win this game. They flipped the turnover script that was made in the uh, November game. And that was the key to the win. They scored 21 points off of three turnovers. Uh, and it wasn't just um, Sean Murphy bunting. Devin White, what a game he played. What a game he played. 11 tackles, one for loss, a fumble return, and a pick that was another huge play in the game. for Michael Thomas. You see the total yards in the game. Second and eight. Breeze throws, and he's picked by Devin White. Another turnover, and White picks his way down the sideline. First of all, what a catch by Devin White. I mean, to to make Breeze threw a fastball as much as he can down the middle of the field. It was a, it was a it was a laser, and he reaches out and backhands that ball with two hands on the run. I mean, that is not an easy play for a receiver, let alone a freaking linebacker. Yeah, but he also threw it in a triple coverage because you had White. Whitehead and somebody else on that side. Well, I think he thought Kamara was going to cross the face of White, and Kamara kept running up to see him. I thought he, I think he thought that he was going to cross his face and come in front of him, or he doesn't make that throw. Um, but whatever, um, the Bucks, the Bucks were aggressive up front. They blitzed, but more than that, they got in right in the face of these receivers time and time again. Would not, and that Sean Murphy bunting pick, he he grabbed him, held him. Didn't make the call, but then he but he grabbed grabbed the interception and took off. I mean, they were I think they were daring the officials to call holding, and they got a couple calls, but for the most part, these uh, you know Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis the third, Mike Edwards, 
uh, had a had a huge pick as well. Um, Ant- uh, Antoine Winfield punching the ball out was another key play in this game, and uh, Jared Cook was part of two of these turnovers. Uh, one that went through his hands that Mike Edwards got in this one, where Antoine Winfield just just punches the ball out in a key situation. Third down and two. Quick throw, Cook makes the catch, first down, balls out, and into the arms of Devin White. Another huge play by the Buccaneers' defense. And, you know, we we said, I, I thought that the Bucks' offense would be able to score some points, but to me it was all about this defense. Would they be able to stop Breeze? And with the exception of the Jameis touchdown, which, okay, that was a great call, um, the Bucks kind of fell for a little high school play there. When you see Jameis Winston line up at wide receiver, somebody's got to be yelling something. Somebody's got somebody's got. But it, look, great call. It was a, a, a shotgun snap to Kamara. Um, Jameis comes around, throws it deep, and um, and they get a touchdown. Was this just an X's and O's call, or was there a little message that Sean Payton wanted to put in there? Either, Thoughts? Either either way, this is a blimp on the scale. Like honestly, this we won by ten. Jameis Winston threw a touchdown. Who cares? Well, now they've got Winston lined up wide to the outside in a direct snap to Kamara. Now Winston. Now Traquan Smith. Flag is down. Smith is into the end zone for a touchdown. It stings a little bit. Uh, it stung at the time. Yeah. Because that what that, that put the Saints back in the lead. Yeah. So at that time, it was like, are you kidding me? But look, look to the Bucks' credit, they didn't like sulk or whine or like, oh, you know, and Jameis is over there celebrating, whatever. I think it kind of backfired. Do you think? I think it kind of backfired. I think it pissed off the defense even more. Would you agree with that? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. A yay or a nay? Probably maybe. maybe. I think it did. I think it did. I think it. I think it definitely put a little like, okay, you want to, you want because they didn't get, they didn't sniff it after that from the offensive standpoint. They did. I mean, they did get that nice drive coming out in the third quarter. But other than that, the Bucks just shut them down. Yeah, you can definitely see the Saints how heavily they lean on Taysom Hill for you know those play action dump out routes or actually being the quarterback or having that um, like co- cohesion with the offense and with the running game and such. So uh, Taysom Hill was definitely a, a big loss for the Saints yesterday. Yeah, I thought that was. Um, by the way, breaking news: Vita Vea may play in the NFC Championship game. This is freaking unbelievable, huge news. And, by the way, if they win that game, play in a Super Bowl. I mean, this is no... You want to know the, a similarity between Michael Thomas and Vita Vea? What's that? They both had zero catches yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Ouch, babe. Um, but Vita Vea is going... He's coming off the COVID... Or the, uh, the injured list... Long-term injury list, and he's going to practice on Wednesday or available to practice on Wednesday, and could play in this game. And why is that important? Well, first of all, when he's playing at peak, he I think mm, with with Devin White, our best, our probably our best defensive player, along with Levante David, well, he's that good. And it also opens up Ndamukong. Yeah, he he just he he allows the Bucks to rush for and get pressure, which is what you need to do against Aaron Rodgers. And oh, by the way, the Packers. Ran for 188 yards yesterday. Aaron Jones, 14 for 99. Um, 
Jamal Williams had, what, 12 for 65, even uh, Dylan 6 for 27. So they had a host of running backs run for 188 yards. That's a winning edge, much like the Bucks rushing was yesterday. We'll talk about that. But to have Vita Vea back in the middle of that defense, even if he plays 25 to 30 plays, that's huge. And I do mean huge, as in 350 pounds huge. That's a big, big deal. Um, so that is is breaking news for and good stuff for the Bucks. You got to give half to the big guy. But uh, I think my overall message on this win, what it re- when I kind of break it down, this was a complete team win. And I know Brady gets a lot of credit as as he should. He was you know he was good yesterday. He, um, eighteen to thirty three, hundred ninety nine yards, two touchdowns, ninety two point nine rating, only one sack given up. Let's uh, give it up for the offensive line as well. Meanwhile, Breeze was 19 of 34 for just 134 yards. One touchdown, three picks, a rating of 38.1. But it was so, I mean, I think more than any game, it was so obvious that he just could not push the ball down the field. And the Bucks knew it. They dared him to throw it deep. Hell, they had to bring in Jameis to throw the ball deep. I mean, that's that's how bad it's gotten for Drew Breeze. And you know what? Kudos to the Bucks for figuring out and taking advantage of it. But think about it. Um, you know, we talked about Devin White, eleven tackles. Saw Murphy Bunting, who we've we've ripped, and he's deserved it. Yeah, uh, comes up with a huge interception. Mike Edwards with a huge interception. Levante David played his usual solid game. Winfield with another big play. How many times are we going to see this cat come up with big game changing plays in the turnover department? A lot, and he did it again. Um, Jamel Dean played well. I thought you know he covered his ass off well. Um, the Bucks only had. Let me see how many how many sacks did they have in this game. They they had what four tackles for loss and zero. They did not get a sack on Breeze, did they? Nope. Yeah, they got pressure. They got pressure from time to time, which forced um, turnovers, which is better. And to be bad, quite honest. And bad passes. Drew yeah. Breeze is a is what you would think a forty a forty year old quarterback would be, unless your name's Tom Brady. Yeah, he's just an anomaly. It's all there is to it. Uh, Brate had four catches for fifty yards. A Fournette five catches. Godwin had four. Um, you know Evans came up with the big touchdown catch. A Fournette with a touchdown. Uh, they they just they they. I don't think there was one superstar in this game. It was just a complete team win. So many contributed to Ronald Jones thirteen carries for sixty two. Fournette seventeen for sixty three. They they ran the ball effectively. They mixed it up well. They got turnovers. This is the new Buccaneers. Way of winning, and and the biggest thing is, it's it's about the turnovers. Yeah, definitely. You from a uh, big first down from your boy uh, Tyler Johnson, mm. who Bruce what a Arian, catch. Who Bruce Arians had some positive words to say in what? the press conference. How about that catch? That was, I mean, in in a spot there for Brady to go to that cat mm-hmm. in that situation, back shoulder throw, one on one, and he just makes as good a catch as you're going to see. That that was. That's what I was talking about. It's a team win, and when you got so many guys, and I, you look at this roster right now, and I, you know, I've said this all year long. The Bucks are freaking loaded. This roster is as good as anybody in the league, and I don't think it's, you know, when you talk about upsets of the Saints, uh, okay, but Vegas, Vegas had the Bucks going off as a two point underdog, which tells you, you know, since it was in the Superdome, that they think the Bucks are. Equally as good, if not better, than the Saints, and they were the number, you know, probably one of the best teams in the league. I don't take anything away from New Orleans. They played, they played a, 
a good game, but you've got to give the Bucks credit from it. And we we bagged on the coaching staff all week long, like don't get out coached again by Sean Payton, and they didn't. I think, it, with the exception of that one play, uh, the Jameis touchdown, the Bucks out coached the Saints. They 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 that defensive game plan was spot freaking on. Johnny, let's uh, let's cue up a little bit of Arians post game from yesterday um, and listen to uh, him kind of go over the what he thought the differences were in the football game. Um, it's a huge win for the Bucks as they move on to take on the Packers in the NFC Championship game. Pretty damn cool. There's uh, Arians congratulations, from last night. Uh, Bruce. You know this this game was built between uh, the two aging quarterbacks, and it turned out that your young defense was the ones that stepped up. What did you? Uh, what was the plan going in that you were able to uh, intercept Reese three times and turn him over four times? Well, I think our guys knew they had to play tight coverage. We're coming in, we're going to play man-to-man and get on him, not let him get going, not let him dink and dunk, um, and then get after him, get him off the spot, you know, make him throw on the move. Um, then, like, they ran the ball pretty good on us there for a spurt, but then once we got the lead, we kind of had him overwhelming. And what specifically did you think of Devin White, you know, who you missed the last two weeks? He seemed to be all over the field. Yeah, it was great. I mean, just to see Devin make those plays, and uh, that's what he's capable of making. You know, everybody's criticizing how he can't cover anybody. I think he just proved he can. 11 tackles. He earned it. Thanks, Coach. He earned yeah. it. He does we'll go to General Lane. Trouble in coverage sometimes, but that energy. Hey, Coach, what does it say about the mental resolve of your team and your defense specifically to have that kind of a performance when they gave up 38 points to the Saints in Week Nine. Yeah, it was a, it's a different football team than that week. Don't yep. tell everybody that nobody wants to believe it, but uh, you know, um, yeah, this is what we're capable of playing defensively. Uh, we've had some some rough spots at times, but we've had some really, really good times, and uh, this is one of the best times. And what can you say about the job of both of your Leonard, your running backs, Leonard Fournette, and and um. And Ronald Jones, Man, they ran uh, hard. those guys were just they ran so hard. Look like thunder and lightning out there. Yeah, it's a good combination to have Roe healthy again, you know, and then Leonard's playing really good. But they got the blocking unit did a great job of blocking these guys and uh, tight ends, especially last time we played them. Uh, our tight ends struggled with these big guys. So Joe Haig did a great job. Gronk did a great job also. The holding call on Roe Jones. Greg Allman. BS. That running game was a huge difference. Chris, can you just talk about the, the the clean play on offense? Another game with no turnovers. How much that helped to make the the kind of the comeback and the finish possible for you? Yeah, I mean, going into the game, we knew you know all week we got to protect the football, got to protect your quarterback and protect the football, and uh, and take it away. So that was the outcome in the game. That's what decided the game was going to be the turnovers. We talked about it all week. Talk to us about the locker room, just what it's like in there with you guys being able to celebrate this in a stadium where things have gone very differently. To you see Devin year. White's it's, video? It's jamming pretty good right now. I, I don't have any dance moves, so I'm not in there. <laughs> we'll go to Scott Reynolds. I think I'd like to see some of those hey, moves. Bruce, congrats on the win. Can you speak to the the job that was done uh, holding Michael Thomas to, to zero catches for zero yards? Yeah, I mean, Carlton has played him good over the years, and uh, – you know, he's a physical corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought we had a – Todd had a great game plan for all those guys, you know. And, uh, you know, Cook and uh, Deontay Harris was the guys that scared me. But uh, guys really, really punched the ball out, got one from Cook, got the interception from him. That guy's really stepped up. 
And also, um, the offensive line play was outstanding. Uh, only gave up one sack. That really was really – can you just speak to the protection that Brady got in addition to Aaron Stinney's first career start? Yeah, I mean, that, Tom was clean most of the day. And, uh, you know, did a really good job, I thought, protecting the football, not taking any chances. And uh, um, got close a couple of times. But, yeah, Aaron Stinney played his tail off. I knew he would. Um, he's been around now for a year and a half, two years. And, and he's, he's a good little player. We go to Ira Kaufman. Good big player. Congrats, Bruce. Um, Thank you, Ira. Bruce, seven or eight years head coach in the National Football League. A lot of big wins. Bruce, where's this one rank on the satisfaction meter? It's up there, probably with the, uh, the Green Bay win in Arizona that put us in the championship game. Uh, and then I went to overtime. And, uh, you know, looking forward to going back to work this week and, and playing another great team in uh, different circumstances. And, uh, Get ready to play. And Bruce, talk about that Winfield strip. I think New Orleans had all the momentum at that point. It was mm. a it was a game changer. Good point. It really was. And you know, can't say enough about him. You know, to me, he's defensive rookie of the year. Uh seven and a half sacks is anything what he done. Yeah. Good time for a few more. We'll go to John Romano. Hey Bruce, you mentioned that this isn't the same team that lost to New Orleans in November. Did you have any doubts along the way that this team would eventually show up by the end of the season? No, I, I just saw the steady progress. You know, um, we battled through some injuries, losing Vito, losing OJ and those guys. But, uh, and we battled through some injuries today. I mean, Sitchi um, breaks his arm on the first punt. So we're, we're down to three linebackers. So uh, guys stepped up there at the end of the game. We're almost out of corners. But uh, can't say enough about our guys. It's a very resilient team. And they, I mean, these guys work. And, uh, they have a great belief in each other. Can you also talk about that play call on fourth and one from your own 34 in the first quarter? They're winning six to nothing at that point. Or are your shorts very tight when you make that call? <laughs> no, I had a lot of confidence that we'd get it done. And, uh, you know, it was Tom does a really good job on that stuff and, and got us in the right. Right, We had a couple plays called and they'd sneak if he wants it. That was a huge play and a huge right, call that's by all for today. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Thanks Coach. Guys. Great job. Now, that fourth and one, you know, just like Andy Reid's call, um, did you see that last night? Fourth and one, and they go for it. <laughs> and I'm watching the play, and I'm going, oh, my God. They got Ty Hill one-on-one -on -one with MJ Stewart. Uh, I think I know who's going to win that matchup. And uh, sprint right, wide open, get ball game over. Um, I tell you what, Andy Reid, as good a coach – as I, I think I've ever seen situationally. And how about having a backup quarterback prepared for that moment where you got to fake the um, draw them off sides play and then go ahead and snap the damn ball, which I think we were all shocked that they snapped the ball, and, and then execute like that with a backup quarterback. I mean, that's what you got to expect of your players. I love it when coaches put it on the players and say, go out and do what you've been trained to do. And they do. And they went out and did it. Um, so in both those fourth, but you got, you know, the coaches got to have the cojones to do it. And they both did. I think that's something, I think it's almost easier for older coaches that have great resumes and don't give a crap about getting fired that they can, they're going to do, they're going to make calls like this. And I think it's one of the reasons, uh, one of the many reasons the older coaches are, are having success in this league. No doubt about it. All right. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from the goat, Tom Brady on uh, his take on this Buccaneers win. And as you might expect, enjoy the win, but he's already moving on to the next one because 
The next one is the biggest one, right? The NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field. I've covered a playoff game there before. This one will be a little bit different, but um, it's a special, special place. We'll hear from Brady next. WWBA. Fan Stream Sports. Tap the app. Oh, yeah. Fan Stream Sports. Download it today. Now back to more with JP. All right, welcome back. If you want to jump aboard, 727-518-0820. What did you think of that win? What do you think was the key? Uh, love to hear stories of how you guys were watching, how you're going to remember this game. I really do think it's it's one of those games that's going to go down in in Buccaneers uh, playoff history. It's not quite the um, the ninety uh, or the uh, two thousand two NFC Championship game that was probably as, far as playoff games go. I mean, the Super Bowl will always be the Super Bowl, but that game, I think we all kind of acknowledge it as as kind of the almost bigger than the Super Bowl. Get over that hump. We knew we were going to beat the Raiders, right? But this was uh, that was a special night. I think this one will probably rank right up alongside if not just behind a touch now if the bucks go on to win the super bowl uh, we'll see and if the bucks do go on to win the super bowl think about this on the road at washington mm-hmm. against the great defense on the road in new orleans against drew Brees. oh and two on the road the lambeau field aaron Rodgers. first first uh nfc title game for aaron Rodgers ever in lambeau field and then maybe Patrick Mahomes in your own stadium, <laughs> or or Josh Allen that high flying octane offense. Of, Either one, I, I think I would love to see Bills Mafia descend upon Tampa Bay. That would be kind of awesome in its own way, would it not? My friend and I, uh, my friend who lives in Atlanta, said he's coming down with a whole U-Haul of tables and selling them at the tailgate. Like I would probably think there'd be like eighty thousand Bills fans just in the parking lot alone. Even if they can't get in the game, they would be there to cheer it on. They are a pretty fun time. Well, I wonder if they would sell just parking passes. Probably not. That'd be crazy. What uh, if I had a house down there by Himes and stuff like oh, that? Oh hell yeah! Yeah, you could rent that sucker out. You could Airbnb the hell out of that thing. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, let's listen into the goat, Tom Brady, and just get a little slice of um, his reaction to this win. I mean, where does it rank for him? He's got a lot of Super Bowls, but I bet this one was pretty damn special. And and that moment after the game where he came out. And threw a touchdown pass to Breeze's kid. Back of the end zone. <laughs> it was a nice grab, wasn't it? Yeah. That was a hell of a grab. Yeah, that was Tyler kid, Johnson-esque. The kid jumped and all. He did. Went up, extended, full extension. It was beautiful. Brady, yeah. st- <laughs> Brady still threw a dime ball to the back of the end zone. Doesn't yeah. matter who it is. It's just on point. It was nice. It was nice. Um, that was a great moment to see that, though. It really was. Let's listen into Tom Brady post-game with the Tampa Bay media. Our first question is going to come from Rick Stroud. Tom, congratulations. What's it like for you to get to the NFC Championship, and, and how good was the defense setting you guys up uh, for some scores today? Yeah, defense was incredible all uh, all game. The turnovers were huge. Um, you know, last time we played them, we gave, you know, uh, we lost a turnover, I don't know, minus three. Today was plus four. Um, you're not going to lose many games when you're plus four. So just a great effort. Um, they came up huge uh, offensively, made some plays when we needed to. Running game was great. Line protected great up front. Um, just a great week of prep. And uh, 
you know, really proud of our team and everything we put in to get to this point. So there's only four teams left. We're one of them. And uh, it's tough to get to this point. So we need a big week. So we need a great week of practice. We got one of, one of the best teams in the league, obviously, in Green Bay, the top seed. And uh, Aaron's playing incredible. They got a great defense. So it's going to be a, uh, a great matchup. Thanks. All right, we'll go to Ira Kaufman. Tom, uh, 14th conference championship game. Thomas, congratulations. Um, given everything uh, this team's been through this year, Tom, is this one a little a little bit different for you, different feeling? Yeah, just so proud of our, you know, everyone, the whole organization, you know, our coaches have put in so much work and effort getting us this point and um, preparing us every day and um, just done an amazing job. And, uh, you know, guys really come together. It's a really unique team. And we have great chemistry. We have fun at practice. And uh, we work really hard to, uh, to get to this point, just like the other three teams remaining. So it's hard to get to this point. There's nothing guaranteed from this point forward. But, you know, we got to go out there and we gotta, we're going to have to play our very best to, uh, to beat one of the best teams in the league. We'll go to Greg Allman. Hey, Tom, so much was made this week of 43-year-old versus 42-year-old. Uh, and you got some really big plays from 22- and 23-year-olds on your defense. I just yeah. ask you about the young guys and how well they handled the spotlight. Oh. They played incredible. And, um, you know, this team's been doing that all year at different times. You know, the defense has picked us up. Some weeks, offense been a little bit better. Special teams have been so consistent. And, um, you know, the way the defense played today, they were spectacular. The way the offensive line played, Actually, Leonard, Rowe, um, yes. you know, it was just huge. All those guys came up big. And we talked about it all week, what we're going to need to to win, to get it accomplished. And, you know, it's a, it's a long ways from last time we played these guys at home. And certainly, you know, we started the season here. And it's a lot better feeling sitting in this tent this time around than first time I was sitting here about 18 weeks ago. We have time for a few more. We'll go to Jenna Lane. Hey, Tom, congratulations. In your video that you posted last Sunday, you had asked fans who, who they wanted to face because at the time you didn't know who your opponent would be. And then you said, I think I know, um, or I think I do. Uh, were the Saints, in fact, the team that you were referring to? And if so, what did it mean for you to go out there and, and to get a win against a team that, that had you know defeated you twice in the regular season? Yeah, it feels great to, to obviously beat a great football team. And um you know, that's, that's what feels best. And it's a team effort. And again, it just speaks to the commitment level of everybody in the organization and the coaches, the players, everyone coming together. And you don't beat great teams like this. This team's been one of the best teams in the league for a long time, 13 and three a few years ago, 13 and three last year, 12 and four this year. And, um, you know, they're just, they, get, they do a lot of things the right way. And I know that, you know, for us going this week, we had to play a great game and our defense stepped up, played huge. Like I said, the offensive line was incredible. Um, you know, it's just a hard-fought game, very physical game. We'll need to get our rest the next couple of days and then be ready to go for practice on Wednesday. He's like, next, next, laser-focused. And, again, I don't want to make this all about Tom Brady. He's obviously a, a tremendous influence on this this team. It's Bruce started the culture change a couple of years ago. Brady took it to another level, and that's why this team's in the NFC Championship game. By the way, as predicted by myself and Sal Palantonio before the season. Did we not? We did. Um, and I think right now, reaching the NFC Championship game, you say bringing in Brady was was worth it. No question about it. This is a successful season. 
if they don't win another game, I still think it's it's been a great season, great move, obviously. Um, but many people doubted it. Many people thought that this would not uh, work out. He was too old. Well, how's that working? We still got Dave on. Before we get to Shane, let's get to Dave. What's up, Dave? How are you? JP, what I liked most was 9 out of 10 experts picked the Saints. But no, JP, I called you a couple weeks ago. What I've been watching as a fan about, I asked you because I couldn't remember if we drafted most of our defensive backs. You said yes. And what I see is developing as a fan, see if you agree with this, JP. And you did bring up the defensive backs, I remember. Yeah, uh, said they Friday. were the key. Yep. But what I was going to say was, as a fan, it's been driving me nuts by playing seven yards off these receivers. I mean, as a fan, I'm going nuts. Awesome. And then uh, I, I thought we saw the best out of them, and I think that's where we're going to head with this defense. What do you think? I, I hope so. I mean, I just they play so much better in press man. And I think, you know, obviously having, you know, um, Drew Brees at quarterback instead of Aaron Rodgers changes the way you play. I mean, just, it should. It should. They're two different skill sets, so you should play them differently. But I, I hope that they don't lose their aggressiveness. And, and judging the way Bowles played Aaron Rodgers in the first game, they're coming after his ass. They're coming after his ass, and they're going to play a lot of man behind him. And I, and I don't care if, if, if the Bucks get beat 51 to nothing. As long as they go down playing aggressively and not letting Aaron Rodgers pick him apart, I'm fine with I think one you, more I think thing, you yeah, are too. One more, one more thing for you, JP. One thing as a fan that I wanted to see this year, and it's back-to-back games, 120 yards rushing. Yes. I like I like yes. the way the rushing game's going. And, and, and again, JP, to me as a fan, I think oh, getting those defensive backs to play up to their capabilities and running the ball, it'll get us to where we need to go, including next year, JP. I do. I, I agree. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. That running game was so key. It just, you know, it it uh, it took the crowd out of the game. <laughs> just kidding, but it it really does affect the play action game, and it, more than anything, it just affects the pass rush. That's the biggest thing. When those guys can tee off like they did in the last game in Tampa, you, you're going to lose. You, you're playing right into their hands when you abandon the run, even when you're down 17 points. The Bucks did everything wrong in that game, and yesterday they made every adjustment to do it right, and it was a uh, a pretty convincing win at that. All right, is uh, Sugar Shane on? Let's go right to him. Screw the break. We'll uh, we'll make it up later on as we welcome in our quarterback guru, former AFL, NFL, UConn quarterback, the great Shane Stafford. What's up, brother? How are you? What's going on, man? Victory Monday. Let's go. Yeah. You called it all. I mean, I think we had a pretty good handle on this game last week when we talked about defensive backs got to step up, got to be aggressive defensively, and for the Bucks, yeah. run the damn ball. Run the damn ball, protect Brady, and and have great balance. And that's they did it to a T. They executed to a T. Did they not? They did, and I was extremely surprised, especially after the first two series. I'm like, oh my god, here we go again. I know. I at, yes, I was at kind of a watch party, if you will. I was at a friend's house, and and I'm like, oh my god, here we go again. Third and We're one, trying. throwing the ball deep. What I mean, oh. are we doing, right? <laughs> you I can know hear what you. They did. Yeah. The defense was more aggressive, and like we talked about last week, and what I was saying last week is we have to bring the pressure defensively. We can't allow them to dictate, and we didn't, and that allowed us to then, on the offensive side of the ball, find our comfort zone and run the rock 35 times throughout the game. Yeah, uh, and I thought, um, you know, having Fournette and Rojo, I mean, yeah. those guys were running violently, were they not? 
Dude, they were. I, I, I'm sorry, though. We need Rojo. Yeah, that guy is the difference maker. I, I thought, you know, I, I don't know. Rojo just brings a whole nother element to the game. As much as I love 28, mm-hmm. I still love Rojo. No, I, I think, and it's great to have them both, man. And you know, I, yeah. I, I dogged Fournette for much of the season because I didn't see anything special from him. But I, I tell you what, his energy level—I don't know if he was hurt, he wasn't yeah. motivated, he was pissed, he was—he he fell behind Rojo. I don't know what it was, but he just—you know—this is a different cat we've seen the last few weeks. Agreed? Yeah, Fournette, but he—he he still does tippy toe a little bit. I mean, he's a two hundred and thirty-pound back. I still am a little disappointed on how he approaches his holes when he picks them. Mm-hmm. You know, and if he if it's designed, he's not a zone type of runner where Rojo is. Yeah. Rojo can hit it and, and, and burst. Rojo can be a zone scheme type of runner, uh, running back, where the zone team, it may be an outside zone, and it may cut back to the inside, or it may bounce to the outside. It may be an inside zone with Rojo, and he bursts through it. I'm telling you, Leonard Fournette, and this is kind of good that we have this now, mm-hmm. but it brings two styles of running backs to where people have to adjust. If Rojo's in, expect zone-type schemes, maybe some downhill running where he's going to hit it. But if Fournette's in, Leonard Fournette, and he he's that downhill type of running. That's why he's in the red zone. That's why yeah. he's in there on third and one. But I, I, and there, there are times though, where Leonard Fournette has to quit his little tippy toeing. No, if we watch the film, you'll see him multiple times on like first down or second down. We could have gotten two or three more yards, yeah. or maybe seven more yards, if he doesn't tippy toe. And that's my only concern with Fournette. Remember. Fournette, as a young kid, was always the biggest kid on the block. And all he had to do was just, I'm here. Well, now there are other big kids on the block, too. And he's finding that out in the NFL. Uh, Sugar Shane Stafford joining us here, our our quarterback guru. Let's talk quarterbacks here and Tom Brady. Um, If I'd have told you before the game that Antonio Brown would have one catch, Mike Evans would have one catch, (laughs) and and, – who Antonio Brown won, Mike Evans won, and Gronkowski won. You just said what? Ain't no way we win. No way. No. They're, they're, they, how many times? Like, were they all hurt after their first catch? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I tell you what that that throw to Evans and that catch, you know, to get that first touchdown was huge. I love the play call, and I love that Mike got that on Lattimore, even though he only had one catch, three targets. Dude, I love it. I absolutely love it. It set a tone. Um, It let them know that we're not scared of you. It let them know we're coming at you. It doesn't matter if it's first down. I thought they were going to run the ball in that certain situation. I actually thought Tom Brady was going to do his his notorious quarterback sneak, but he did it in the fourth quarter, not the the first quarter uh, or second quarter, whenever. And, And next thing you know, he was like, here, you know what? That's what you got to love about Tom Brady. He wants other people to win their one-on-ones so he can win his championship. The guy is amazing. He's a great leader. He knows when to go to certain guys and how to get guys involved. 
And I questioned that in the beginning of the season. I'm like, man, we got to get Mike Evans involved. We got to get him involved. Yep. Tom Brady knows what he's doing. That's why he is in his, you know, he's 43 years old and, and doing what he's doing, man. The guy is special. Yeah, and I thought, um, you know, he, he was 18 of 33, and a lot of those were throwaways. And that's the reason that I think, you know, for, for one, Breeze had three interceptions and Brady had none. I mean, I think he did a great job of throwing the ball away, and he worked the middle of the field. He worked it to Brate, who had four catches. Fournette had five catches. Godwin had four catches. And he just took what the defense was giving him and didn't, with the exception of those couple long throws early on, which I didn't like and you didn't like, he settled into a nice rhythm of short passing. Yeah, he did, and you're 100% right with that. But I will also say this. We did a great job defensively. Let's not like try and turn this for Tom Brady and make it a Tom Brady game type of thing. Tom Brady was average. He definitely was, and I know you're not saying he wasn't anything more than that. I get that, JP. But at the same time, we try to make, as our defense, we want to make other uh, quarterbacks average. And, and what makes Tom Brady average is internal pressure. Is pressure at the line of scrimmage uh, facing the wide receivers. And we did that so well from our defensive perspective. It made us look so good, and yep. it gave us a chance to win offensively and allowed us to make big plays, man. And, and you know, what I loved about Brady's game in this one, Shane, was that he did what he had to do to win the game. He didn't try to do too yep. much. You know, and and let's talk about those quarterback sneaks. There's a there's a gr- great technique, uh, a there's feel to it. Yeah, to an art. That's a great word. Talk a little bit about those. The fourth and one. First of all, Arians has the the cajones to go for it, and I think he needed to in that situation. Um, and then the one on the goal line was key as well. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. Look, there's an art to a quarterback sneak. In in being a former quarterback, and you look at it, and you try and see, are they? A-gap, A-gap, and head up, you know, uh, from a defensive standpoint. In other words, are they covering the center and the two guards? Or are they over the two guards on the outside edge? Can I, where can I find my best leverage? Or are they in an eagle technique, which the eagle defense or a bear defense basically means that the guard, you know, center and tackle are pretty much you know, taken, and then I got to bounce it out there one more right. uh, step outside, whichever I feel is the best way to go, um, you know, minus that defensive person. And and that's what, man, Tom Brady, he has a knack for that. Mm. He knows when to shoot straight ahead. He knows when to shoot to a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left. He does a great job of understanding that and knowing what defenses will do. And that comes down to film study, man. Uh, Sugar Shane Stafford joining us here. Um, And and just in terms of making big plays, how how about that throw? I think it was third and 10 or third and 11 to Tyler Johnson, the throw and the catch, mostly the catch. But to be able to go to a rookie in that situation, I mean, the Bucs are just getting great contributions from the, the draft class, the entire that's why I call this a great team win. This wasn't just about Brady. The entire team pitched in, I think, in, in every single phase except maybe special teams. Kicking was good. Punt return, not so good. 
No, special teams is that awful. I actually yeah. have that here, overall breakdown. I was like, we ran the ball 35 times, and I said defensively we had to be great tacklers, except for our specialists. Oof. We were terrible. Yeah. Uh, but that, I'm not even going to go into more of our, our the breakdown, but I'm going to go to what you were just saying. Um, you're exactly right, but that's Tom Brady. That is working. That, that means that that rookie – went and worked with Tom Brady and created confidence yep. in Tom Brady. That's what Tom Brady does. He doesn't just accidentally throw. It's just like the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, those guys don't become champions the way they are. And Chad Henney, which, by the way, is from Wilson High School, Berks County, Pennsylvania, my high school, Kerry Collins, myself, and Chad Henney, which really? I will say us three – Yes, we all came from the same high school. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, that's pretty uh, cool. uh, Yeah, 10-year span. But anyway, my point is this. Champions and coaches and and all that stuff, they have practiced it so much that they trust not who they're throwing to, but the fact that they know when they throw it, whoever it is, it's going to be caught. And that's the important part. It's going to be executed. And that's what champions do. And we have a championship-caliber team. And we just need to go ahead and, and make sure we don't get overwhelmed right now with going up there to the cold weather. Well, partner, we'll talk about that on Friday as they head up to Lambeau Field. And at least, you know, having a quarterback that's that's uh, been there, done that in the cold weather in these type of games gives me uh, great hey. optimism. Yeah, I, let me ask, let me let me tell you this though. Do you love? Do you not love the psychological um, aspect that Tom Brady did, where he's like, "Well, my blood's kind of thin. Yep. I don't know." Yep, yep. That's psychological warfare, man. He's Tom Brady's up. probably sitting in some cold ass area throwing freaking dimes right now. <laughs> he's he's got his own cryogenic chamber at home. Where yeah, he he's beats. got the AC blowing. At 100,000 miles an hour. So oh. get, I'm telling you, he man. He probably would. He'll be like, all right, the indoor facility at Bucks this week, let's get it down to 25 and get everybody in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about details, baby. That's no, what I'm I talking about. I said that to my wife. I said what they're going to do there is they're going to lower the AC and it's going to blow like a summer gun. <laughs> It's going to be kind of cold this week, so they could, you know, like 44 in the morning, they could probably get that thing down to about 25, the indoor, the facility. (laughs) You know they will. You know they will. You've got to learn how to become, adapt to it somehow, some way. And then I'll have five guys with pneumonia heading up to, uh, Heading up to Lambeau Field. All right, brother, uh, do your homework this week on Friday. We'll look at what the Bucks did against the Packers in the first game to be successful and how you think that uh, LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are, gonna, are going to uh, attack that, knowing that the Bucks Love are going to come with the same game plan, which they should. <laughs> All right? All right. All right, partner. Good. Great job, as always, my friend. I love you, man. You take care. Love you, brother. All right, quick break, and when we come back, your phone call, 727-518-0820. Bruce Arians met the media today. we got a few more notes on uh, will Vita Veda be coming back for this game and maybe the Super Bowl. Talk about that next. Stay with us. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Make some noise. 
Mike Neighbors covers the Saints and the Bucks. Will join us live from the New Orleans airport here in uh, moments at the top of the four. So stay tuned for that. Your phone call seven two seven five one eight zero eight twenty if you want to jump in here and talk some Buccaneers. Hey, also if you are in the market for a new mortgage, whether you're refinancing or trying to buy a new house, please call my man Scott Fitzgerald. Fitz, the mortgage guy, at amstampa.com. You can reach him, Scott at AMS tampa.com uh great mortgage broker he's done three of my loans if you're having trouble getting your uh, pre-approval letter because the banks and the credit unions are backed up call him he has ways of getting these things done quickly so that'll give you that letter that you need to to get into the housing market right now because that gum you you got to have it it's bidding wars out there if you're trying to buy a house you know what i'm talking about so if you're having trouble with your mortgage or just thinking about refinancing at these very low rates which could pop up very very soon it's a good time to lock it in uh give uh, scott a a call just email him it's the best way to do it scott at amstampa.com all right back to the phones todd is up next what's up todd how are you Champ, what a victory. What uh, a, a victory. Thing. How sweet it is, okay, for all the uh, all that we did there. Sean Payton, the, the, the Saints, we got <laughs> shellacked earlier in the season and all that. No, not today, not tomorrow, not next week, not ever. Here we go, okay? I mean, I you know, just the game itself and and you know, and I wish they would let you play the, the highlights. You know, the unbelievable. I mean, like Deckerhoff calling them, but the you know the the the, the strip the strip was so huge. The defense early weathering the storm, holding mm-hmm. it to six nothing. Yeah. Okay, that was huge. When when Jason Pierre got his hand up, I knew we and, and blocked that first pass. I, I knew that was a telltale sign that the defense was ready to come play. And and uh, yeah. and and Devin White, I mean everybody, just just a tremendous game. Mike Evans on the slant, he, he that that was huge early. Just just a great great great. I mean I've been here since the inception. Okay, that was in the draft, and you know. And John McKay, and then we went with nine. You know, we went with Doug Williams. But the bottom line is, the defense showed up, and we got it done. We played. We we, we stayed poised under pressure, and it was just a tremendous, one of the greatest victories in, in Tampa. I mean, the buzz is still yeah. is still there. You can feel the electricity, and that's the kind of juice we have. We're going to go in and get it done. Well, right now, I just want to celebrate this this tremendous uh, victory right here by the team, by the greatest fans in the world. COVID or no COVID, Tampa. Yeah. Bay, and uh, and we got it done. God bless you, man, and we'll Thanks, talk son. strategy next week. I mean, right, earlier we'll, for next we'll, week. Peace. We'll, we'll be looking forward to your uh, to your pregame speech on Friday. <laughs> you got you got Absolutely. it, my man. God bless you. <laughs> God bless you, brother. Oh man, it's so sweet. Such a sweet win. I mean, on so many levels. You know, who was it that said, "Yeah, Tom Brady's joining the Bucks, playing for second place." Who was that? It was Camp Jordan, I believe. Somebody needs to tweet at him. Looks like uh, you might be second place this year, pal. Um, hey, at least it wasn't the defense's fault. I can't complain. Uh, no, they gave up 30 points, bro. They gave up 30 points. 
They put yeah, thirty on yeah, them. Yeah, but that doesn't. But when you also have four turnovers, then you take and you have your defense come on the field after Short only being fields. off the field for yeah. five minutes. Man, that that's not ideal. Trust me, Bucks know all about that <laughs> back in the Jameis days. But you know, listen, <laughs> and so yeah, there were short fields, no doubt about that, and I get it. But it doesn't mean if there were longer fields that Saints would have stopped them because, look, you know, a fourth down throw to Scotty Miller, good. You know, third and eleven to Tyler Johnson, good. Uh, fourth and fourth and one and a half, they made it happen. Third and two, here comes Fournette and Rojo. I mean, when the Bucks needed to make plays on this defense, they made plays. They made plays. That's you know, when you get down to these playoff games, it's about can you make the play when you need to make the play. What's the what What's the strategy? Are you going to go to a, a rookie receiver one on one on the backside? Tyler Johnson executed. You got it. You know it's fourth and one. You you on your own thirty-five early in the game. You're going to go for it. Did 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 the defense come up with a stop? No, they didn't. Brady got it done. Uh, you know the third down conversions. They got it done in the red zone. It, you know need need to push it in. Brady got it done. Slant to Evans. Good. I mean that's they made plays when they needed to make plays, and that's that's part of it. So, a tip of the cap. Now, do you put it on the Saints defense? No. I mean, if you're if you're looking at it from a Saints perspective, this is what it's probably on. You know, a lot on Drew Brees, a lot on the offense. So, all right, we got to hit a break. Let's hit a break, and uh, when we come back, Mike Neighbors is going to join us live from New Orleans. He's still in the airport there. It's a sad, sad day in the French Quarter today. That voodoo stuff didn't work on Brady. Sorry. Back in um, quick break here. Three minutes. Stay with us. Thank God you are back. Now, back to the show. More sports with JP. It's a Bucks victory Monday. How about that? Heading to the NFC Championship game, as predicted here, by the way. Um, before this season, kids, Bruce Gradkowski, uh, former Bucks quarterback, pro football focus analyst, will join us at 515. We'll get his breakdown. But first, an even more important guest. Uh, the great Mike Neighbors, who covers the Saints and the Bucks, joins us from New Orleans Airport on his way back. <laughs> I, I, it's not a very cele- celebratory uh, New Orleans Airport, I'm guessing, right about now. You know what, though? I'll say this, JP. I think there's a lot of gratitude today. There's a lot of gratitude for a franchise that's had a really good run for 15 years. Hell yeah. Uh, the last four years have, have been frustrating because it's what it could have, should have. The Minnesota miracle and the no call and, Man. you know, the, the Minnesota mishap last year. They just didn't play well. And, but then you have, uh, it just got worse against the Bucks because, uh, yeah, I give the Bucks credit, you know. Antoine Winfield made a great play on Jared Cook. I thought that was the play of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 you know, the Saints were driving. I think they could have gone up two scores at that point. But, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, I've been with Breeze a long time and done a, you know, a lot of interviews with him. I counted them for our pregame show yesterday. We've done 275 one-on-one interviews Whoa. since 2007. Yeah, if you count post-game and in-studio and, and everything we've done. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to look at the positive. I mean, it's a frustrating loss, but, boy, it's been a heck of a run. Yeah, let, let's let's drill down into that uh, for, for Drew Brees. I mean, Mike, it's like you said, you talk to him all the time. Did you ever get the sense that he knew that his, I don't know, his skills had diminished and it was it was time, like, we're – 
Whereas, you know, Brady, it, it doesn't look like his arm has dropped off at all. I, and I know Drew's never had the strongest arm in the world, but what sense do you get of, of him understanding this was the last go-round? Well, he'll never admit that, and that's what makes him great. I mean, these guys are <laughs> they, they find it tough to they find it tough to admit that. But you know, Breeze will say that uh, he likes proving the critics wrong, and if if he can't do some things like he used to, he'll make f- up for it mentally. Yeah, and he's a better quarterback mentally than he was ten years ago, so that makes up for it. And there's some truth to that. Yeah, absolutely. But I'll tell you, you know, as much as I appreciate Drew Breeze and value our relationship, that's the worst game I've ever seen him play yesterday. And why do you yeah, think just, that was? Why do you think? It's it's really strange to me because I asked him about the Bucks defense. Did they make adjustments? And he said, yeah, they made a few adjustments. And he saw some different looks from the defense. But um, it, it, it's unexplainable. It's it's a head-scratcher in a lot of ways because you, you can see you know certain quarterbacks, especially of his age, you know, have a bad first half and then get in the rhythm in the second half. Mm-hmm. But look at the second half. I mean, the first drive, they get the touchdown pass to Traquan. And then the next drive, they're rolling, and Jared Cook, I mean, Winfield made a great play. He did. But Jared Cook fumbled the ball. And then after that, I think what happened was, and, you know, he'll never admit this, but I think, you know, it's it was one of the situations where, in his mind, he knew it was his last game. There were some miscommunications on one of the interceptions to Kamara. Yep. I thought Jared Cook could have pulled in the last one. But, you know, sometimes these guys, their strengths is their greatest weakness. He can... He can thread the needle, and he's the most—I think—the most accurate passer in NFL history. But sometimes, when you get older and you think you can make that throw, mm-hmm. you can't make it like you used to. Yeah. And I, I think for years and years and years, he's, his bread and butter was making throws like that. And I think he pressed a little bit, and that hurt him. Uh, Mike Neighbors joining us here covers the Saints and and the Bucks. Um, it did even though they didn't sack Breeze, they certainly caused him to to throw off balance on the first pick, the Deshaun Murphy bunting. Do you think that pressure did affect him in, in any way? Even though they didn't a get little a sack? bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I just think there's so many things about this game because I live in Tampa and you know cover the Saints. I saw every conceivable prediction. I uh, you know, did a lot of shows, and you and I talked twice last week. Yeah. There's all kinds of matchups, and it's funny how. A lot of the things that we predicted didn't happen. I mean, who would have predicted Michael Thomas doesn't have one catch? Mm. You know, Antonio Brown wasn't a factor. I know injuries were part of it. But I think pressure, yeah, it obviously affected him uh, late in the game. But conversely, it looked early in that game, the biggest matchup, I thought, was the Saints' defensive line against the Bucks' offensive line. And then the pressure was on Brady early, but they made adjustments, and that changed. And I thought, really, that was the key of the game. But the biggest thing was the interceptions and the turnovers. That... That changed the focus of the game, no doubt. Well, I think uh, we said this last last week. I, I talked all week about the Bucks' defensive backs, how how poor they have, they had played lately, and yeah. and that they had to step up in this game because I knew Bowles was going to come after Drew Brees. They were going to play a lot of man, and I thought that you know coming up and playing that press man and not allowing him to pick you apart in the zones and and not just daring him to go over your head. I thought that's how the Bucks had to play, but I didn't know if their defensive backs would stand up and they did. And I think you got to tip your cap to the all the defensive backs and Devin White as well. Um that was I think the difference in the game. They played way better than I think anybody thought they could. And what a contrast that was. Yes. Compared to the last time they played, they yeah. definitely made adjustments and they saw some things. It was a weird game, though, JP, because I thought early on, you know, not scoring touchdowns when they got the return yes. and they got the good field position would hurt them. But frankly, 
that didn't hurt them as much as the turnovers. If they don't turn over the ball, I think they win that game despite not playing well in the red zone. But, yeah, the defense uh, for the Bucks was so much better than the last time they played, and you knew it would be. I mean, you knew they'd make adjustments. That's what this game's all about, and the fact that, you know, the offensive line had better protection for Brady. I mean, the Bucks did a lot of things right that they didn't do the last time they met, and uh, I just think it all came down to turnovers, though. I think Breeze pressed a little bit, but the Winfield play was the, the key one, because if if the Bucks fall behind by two scores, I think the Saints defense starts to step it up and they win that game. But that fumble, not that you can tell because the crowds aren't what they used to be. Mm-hmm. There was something in that building that changed when that fumble happened. Yeah. Uh, you saw the energy from the Saints on both sides. The defensive energy wasn't there. And then Breeze, to me, started pressing a little more, started feeling that the clock's ticking, i got to make some plays. And you know what? That's when this team is at its worst, when Drew Breeze feels like he has to do everything. Yeah. Because, frankly, in the last four years, when they made the playoff runs, the defense has been great. He's had a lot of weapons. He's gotten older. He hasn't had to be the guy that he was in 09 and 10 and 11. But when he feels like he's got to do everything, that's never good for this football team. I also, Mike Davis joining us here, covers the uh, the Bucks and the Saints. I also thought a huge key in this game was the Bucks running the football. I, I think they decided, look, we're more physical than them up front. We're not going to play into their hands and go seven step drop every play. We're going to yeah. stick to the run. And they and they it was 127 yards, which isn't a huge total, but it was you know third and one uh, at the quarterback sneaks, the third and twos, you know the first downs where they were getting six and seven yards a pop. I thought that would really change the dynamic of the game and made the Saints chase the game a little bit. Yeah, how much has Leonard Fournette helped himself the oh, last couple of weeks? Big money. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You look at Taylor Heineken with the Redskins, he helped yeah. himself, and then Fournette kind of the same ilk, you know, the last couple of weeks. You know, I'll say this, you know, I think you're absolutely on the money with, with the game plan and what the Bucks did on the ground, but then the Saints tried to kind of mocked that because they had a couple drives where Kamara, and that's all they had in the backfield because Taysom Hill wasn't there and Latavius Murray, but they ran the football five straight times. I mean, they were trying to really establish the run because that's another thing with this offense. Everybody thinks Breeze passing the ball all the time is the Mm -hmm. key, but no, it's when he has balance, and it's actually when his overall numbers are down is when the offense is at its best. But yeah, I agree. The one-two punch at Jones and Fournette were were lethal, and and they they just took time off the clock, kept the Saints on the sideline and continue drives. You know, Mike, um, I thought after the game was a, a moment and an image that will stay for me forever, and I guarantee you caught this as well. When he was running off the field, and just before he went into the tunnel, he paused and looked back over his left shoulder at the at the, yeah. just at the dome, and I just said, "Man, that was that was kind of a really in, incredible moment." Did you ask Drew about that? What, what, what did after the game? What was his his sense? Well, that moment, and I'm sure you saw this, the fact that he spent over two hours with his wife and his sons throwing the football around the field, those two moments, you know, if you want to get sad, I mean, I've heard people in New Orleans media-wise say that the the, the feeling here is like losing a a member of your family. Well, I've lost members of my family. That's a little exaggeration, but I understand the metaphor that he has been a part of their family. I mean, think about it. When you're eight years old, when Drew Brees started in New Orleans, now you're 22. He's been a part of your life yeah. that whole time. And that is so rare in the NFL. And I talked to Brees about it. And you know what? It was a shame. And he didn't really, I knew he wanted to go there, but he didn't. Is that, you know, 
he really would have enjoyed his last game being in front of a packed house in the Superdome, oh, right. win or lose. Yeah. And I think that went through his mind with that look at the end. And then, you know, he told me he's not going to show all his cards. He definitely, this is definitely his last game. But, you know, I was asking about his sons and how much that meant to him because I know he wanted to play long enough where his sons would remember him yeah. and have memories of him as an NFL quarterback. But he said, you know, with COVID, they haven't had a chance to go on the field after a game because they do that after every game. So he wanted to make sure they had that opportunity. But it was more than that, JP. He wanted to make sure they were out there on the field for his last game and to remember that, too, along with the time they were with Dad when he broke the all-time yardage record in the NFL and all the other records and all the other championships. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, the fact that Brady threw his son a, a pass, How that was cool great. Was that? And Hell then Brady catch, told his son, you know, and then he told his son, he said, "Be nice to your to your sister." <laughs> that was great. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it was uh, it was a bittersweet day, but I, you know, I give Breeze. Breeze is just one of those guys, and he's really changed in terms of savoring things the last four years because he knows that he knew that the end was near, yeah. and he's relished it. And he didn't want to admit it after the game, but by that look and by having his sons out there for over two hours, and and I've had people that I know within the organization. Who know, and they have known, and and I thought, frankly, it might be after last year, but he knew this team was good enough to make one more run. But yeah, that look was—you uh, just wish it could have been in front of more than three thousand people in the Superdome. Yeah, that is that is a shame, and hopefully he'll be back when they retire his jersey, and hopefully they'll have a yeah. packed house then, and they can enjoy that. And uh, and this game, you know, frankly, will be long forgotten in terms of of what he did in this game, and the numbers that will stand the test of time are his career numbers for a guy, you know, that that came out of Purdue, very lightly recruited uh, out of high school, a six foot quarterback. Not a great athlete. I mean, is there an, is there a guy that got more out of every ounce of their ability yeah. than Drew Brees? I, I I can't think of him off the top of my head. Well, he told me a long time ago that when he first got in the NFL, JP, his goal, he just wanted to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And then he thought, you know, it'd be great to lead a team to a playoffs. And then he thought it'd be great to be a Pro Bowl player. He never thought he'd play 20 years, no. be a future Hall of Famer, be considered uh, you know one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. So, yeah, I mean, all that will settle in later. But the competitor this guy is, what has made him great, this is a tough day for him. It's a tough yeah. game because I, I really think you can make a case that's the worst game he ever played. Well, and the bottom line is, Mike, you know, very few go out on their terms. You know, Elway, yeah. Yeah. Jordan, Peyton Manning, you know the list is very, very small. I mean, I you know I, I still remember Derek Brooks limping down the field trying to chase a, a Raiders, yeah. you know, a running back, you know, and it's like that's what you know, and that but that's not what you remember about their their career. I'm not going to remember this game from Drew Brees. I'm going to remember him, you know, as a Super Bowl champion and uh, and maybe a hard luck guy. You know, a hard luck guy. I mean, the Saints. You've covered this team for the last three or four years. They easily could have won two more Super Bowls. Easily, right? Oh. oh. Oh, I mean, uh, the hardest one to me was the no call, even though they had a chance after that play. But yeah, I mean, it was just such a blatant bad call. Yeah. And you knew that even if they didn't get a touchdown, they'd run out the clock and kick the field goal and win that game. Now, certain things could happen. I mean, the kick yeah. could have been blocked, but it was one of those gimme kicks. And I was in the end zone in Minnesota when the Minnesota Miracle, oh. Stephon Diggs, if I hadn't moved to my right, he would have ran me right over. And we were getting ready to do a postgame show. And you've done those. You know how it is. I mean, you have in your mind, boy, this is going to be a fun show, great interviews and everything. And then 
in a split second, it all changes. It yeah. goes from one of the best wins, because Breeze played great in that game, let yeah. him back, had a deep ball to Camara, and then all of a sudden you have a play like that. It's just unbelievable what's happened to this football team. But I'll say this, to go on the rides that we've had, the playoff rides, and, and to see all the records, and, and you can make a case that Sean Payton and Drew Brees have put together the best offense in NFL history. They broke all the greatest show on turf records. And I know it's new age NFL. But in my experiences with this football team, I, you know, you get older, you appreciate things more, yeah. and you have gratitude. You kind of accentuate the positive. And you know, a lot of people have called me today and they said, "Man, it must be a tough day for you." I really, I really look back at the positives more than the, than the negatives oh, no, in no. terms of my experience. So, yeah, and I know there'll be a lot of bucks fans like, "What are you talking about, Drew Brees?" Because he deserves <laughs> it, and, and don't worry about it. We'll, we'll have plenty of talk of Tom Brady and the Bucks. So you know that's plenty of. But I definitely want to get right. your perspective since you've been so close to Drew for so long and done a great job. And we really appreciate your time, especially over the last couple of weeks, my friend. Um, but um, we'll we'll certainly chat down the line. Safe safe travels back. Anytime, and I will say this, you know, for people who say that about Breeze, uh, I think all of this further accentuates how great Brady is, too. You know, oh, it's, it's, unbelie- it's unbelievable because, I mean, Breeze's career is what it is, but the fact that Brady's doing what he's doing, that's enjoy sad. the Ride Bucks, fans. That's enjoy sad. it. Enjoy that's every sad. second. Thanks, partner. Appreciate it. The great Mike Neighbors. All right, man. And, um, in, case, in case you didn't know how important it is to have a franchise quarterback. I mean, for all the bluster and, and X's and O's that we talk about through the years, man, you know, look at who's left. And the, <laughs> look at who's left. Brady, Mahomes, Josh Allen, and this other dude that's probably going to win the the MVP, Rodgers. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, it's just, you hate to say it, it's, it the football is so much more than a quarterback, but maybe it's not. <laughs> maybe it's just not. All right, quick break. We come back. We'll uh, kind of dive into that. Bruce Arians met the media today. We'll hear more about Vita Vea going to play this week. Wow, okay. That's a big get back, literally and figuratively. Quick break. Stay with us. All right, that's enough. Let's get back to the show. Now, more sports with J.P. All right, welcome back. 727-518-0820. The Bucks are in the NFC Championship game. How the freaking Luya. Oh, man. This is, God, what a season. It's just, I mean, 2020 to 2021 has been so good for us, sports-wise. And it's freaking COVID! Yeah, go figure, right? I mean, you go talk figure. about bittersweet. And I, look, I, I hate, I mean, there's so many fan bases that are not where we are right now, but Dad gum, it's just every the fans are such a big part of all this, man. They just are. I, and I, I just I always knew that, but I didn't think I knew it to this extent because I, I have such a hard time watching any games with no fans. I just hate it. Well yeah, fans bring the energy and yeah. what's a what's a sporting event without energy? It's just pickup. Yeah. It really <laughs> it's what it just what it, like that watching the the starkest reminder for me was the hockey game last week uh, i'm just sitting there it, it's empty and i remember and the freaking they unveil the banner can't say raise um and i'm like tearing up like a <laughs> like what justin thomas called himself i mean i'm just like yeah I know, did you guys hear that facebook live did you see that i saw it on facebook live. You did, yeah yeah <laughs> see how J- justin, justin got canceled i don't want to laugh but i mean come on jiminy christmas it's just, uh, 
with this cancel culture is uh, so out of control. If you hadn't heard, uh, he whispered something under his breath, called himself uh, a derogatory gay slur, called himself that, and Polo canceled him. Canceled their... His... Oh, I mean... <laughs> what? I'm not surprised that Polo... I'm not surprised they did it. It's just like, you know, I was like... Uh, did you hear about the girl? You shouldn't who... say that. Bad word. But he, not that he wanted it to get out there. It's it just what, it's, he what called it's, himself a name. What, what did it start with? F. Oh, that's, a, oh, that's just a cigarette in England. Right, right? Yeah. That's good, what he could have said, I guess. I mean. Did you hear about the girl who was getting the uh, the scholarship to Tennessee oh, this past year? And then yeah. Uh, the, uh, they found a video from her from like three and a half, four years ago. Yeah. Of her saying a particular racial slur. Yeah. That she shouldn't have said, and then they took it away from her. Yeah. I just, come on. I just, people make mistakes. <laughs> they do stupid things. You don't cancel their life. We got to stop this, man. It's just crazy. We know when people are doing it to be derogatory and insulting. And then we know when people are doing it because they're just, they said something stupid. Are we not allowed to make mistakes anymore at all? I mean, is this the standard? I mean, we know what's going on. I mean, we're not going to get into that discussion, but it's just, it's just crazy. Let's just, everybody calm down a little bit, for God's sake. All right, uh, Dave up next. We got Dave? Chris. Chris. Chris in Clearwater. What's up, Chris? How did you know my alias was Dave, JP? That's amazing. You're psychotic or psychic. You know that? But I'm both. Thank I you. thought so. Yes. I would, I would have went 4-0 and yesterday. I went 3-1. and The only game I missed was the Cleveland game. And in retrospect, that they, they actually was a game. That was a game to be had by the Browns yesterday. There was a couple of plays that people don't. Everybody talks about, the, of course, the fumbling through the end zone. They want to change that rule. Yeah. But there was, there was two things that the coach did that really – he didn't challenge a pass that was definitely incomplete. He didn't challenge that. They didn't and then give they him time. He, and then the one that he, I know, he just hauled it. Well, but could that's have, good by the um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that shouldn't have been challenged where he lost a timeout, you could see it was a catch. The guy pinned it against his head. Mm-hmm. There, there was two plays there that really hurt them. You know, but, of course, the fumble through the end zone, you know, I know I'm not a big fan of that trying to stretch it out either, you know. Well, the Get get your first and roll up the one and live for another down. That's my it, own opinion. Exactly, Chris. I agree with that. I don't like the rule, but it is the rule. So have I some know. discipline and don't do it. Exactly. Yeah. I well, mean, he, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I, I, to me, that's one of those things that people are crying now and like nobody wants to be held accountable. You, that was a bad play. It's a stupid play. If that's the rule, then you got to be very cognizant of not doing that in that situation. And the other part about that play when Sorensen leads with the crown of his helmet. I know. I mean, you I can't I don't, tell unless it's the replay. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like well, and, and the, people are like, well, why can't we, you know, like well, I, I saw Greeny on, uh, this morning on, on Get Up. He's like, well, why can't we, we, right. we challenge that? Well, we can't challenge every, you, you could that's challenge right. on every well, single play and find a penalty. We don't want that. Did you read Kelsey's comments after the game on the shot of Mahomes, what he said? No. Okay, he says it was. He says, well, that's what we do. He heard the Cleveland Browns say, that's what we do. He wasn't even a headshot. The guy hit him in the shoulder and his head hit the ground. He wasn't a cheap shot. No, no. Mahomes. And, and uh, I heard Jay Glazer say that he got choked out. Because he's like, <laughs> oh, I know really? a little something about getting choked out, a big MMA guy. Well, and I, I locked. I watched the play, and I'm like, yeah, he did kind of have his arm around his throat, but it takes a little bit longer to choke somebody out than that. Correct. It? it kind of well, you, like they were trying to pull his head off his shoulders. <laughs> yeah. More yeah. Or less the biggest than, like, concern for Mahomes, I don't think, is the concussion. I think it's the sprained big toe. Because that's yes. how he pushes off on. Exactly. I mean, I, no, and watching him run was like, oh, that was oh, like God. me running. 
I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> lumbering. I, well, I think I think Bill's mafia kind of when he when he saw that kind of get stood up and did a big cheer because I think they can beat Kansas City in Kansas in Kansas City. Uh, gonna, oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Oh um, yeah, Cleveland oh yeah. Hang with them. The yeah. I mean, I mean especially I, if you got Mr. Hanky as the quarterback. That one interception he threw up as a punt. Oh my God, what was that play? No, I, Mahomes is going to play. He's fine. You think? Yeah, oh, 100%. I, yeah, I, he's fine. I mean, if what Andy Reid says, and even watching him running off the field, you know, I know he well, he didn't look at cuts with the toe. I know he didn't limp or anything. But uh, I'm yeah, sure that whole that, that whole situation was weird. Uh, Glazer might be up. right. Maybe he just got choked out a little bit, and uh, <laughs> and he, you know, and when you try to stand up and you just kind of got semi choked, you're dizzy, you know. It could, have, okay. it could be the same symptom. Maybe get like. the chiropractor meeting. Well, you know, they kind of pulled his neck too hard and popped yeah. everything in his spine. Let me, let me ask you about this. You know, uh, Drew Brees was noncommittal after the game. Of course, we know it's right after the game. Of course, the coach said it was his last game. And oh, Blazers it's his last, his last game. game. Yeah, he's yeah. done. Uh, you think it is his last game, or is he yes. getting pressured to retire? Well, I just, I'll just put it this way. If, if, he sa- if, if he says he wants to come back, I don't think the Saints would have him. to be co- And he didn't want to do that. Everybody knows what's going on here. Okay. You know, he can't, you know. Jameis, he signed uh, his TV deal last year. Jameis got a shot to start for him next year now? Of course. Of course he does. Absolutely. 100%. Get him the hell out I, of I, I, I what, I, what I'm very fearful of as a Buccaneer fan, Oh, he'll turn him around. He'll turn him around. Sure. Well, not, oh, no, oh, yeah. not that as much as turn who around. The Saints, the Saints, already good. The Saints Jameis. figuring Jameis. figuring out a way to get who Deshaun Watson. Oh, you think so? You think? Well, you I think, think he's Bernie Bridges to. in Houston? I don't think you think he's really Bernie Bridges in Houston, huh? He'll never play for Houston again. He don't want. Oh, you don't to. think? Oh, no, wow! No, hell no! Wow. Hell, and, wow. Nor, and nor should he. And look, I don't. You know me. I'm the last one that's going to you what, know what play the race card on a situation like this. But that they, that organization they, has some major major issues. Oh, I know, I know. In, in their front office, I mean, they are, you know, the the old man was racist. Ain't no doubt about that. Um, you know, the the apple may not far fall from the, the tree. The coach, the coach didn't help either. He was the not. Co- I mean, come on. Let's look. Let's look at the. And remember that 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 conversation that Bill O'Brien had with D. Right. Remember that. Oh yeah, that was like, are you kidding me? Come on, I, I, I'll be, that that franchise has got some major problems because nobody, I, I don't think any black player is going to want to play there. Well, if I tell you who they're interviewing today, you believe it? Who's as that? A coach, as a coach. Uh, oh, there uh, is it. The enemy? No, the Cowboys coach. He's there right now. Who? Jason Garrett. He's being interviewed today. They're going to hire Jason Garrett? Yeah, I know. Jason well, Garrett was one of the last What a Houston thing to do. What a Houston well, thing to do. They got their big rival, exactly, you know? What uh, a Houston thing to do that would be. Oh, my God. Well, I can't be, you know, I've got a suspicion something's going on with him, and he, he can't get a job in college or in the NFL. There's something going on there. Because he's just kind of overqualified. He said, well, he's going to call players. No, no, no. I, I, I All right, we're losing you, Chris. The phone's cutting out. See um yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I don't know. Everything I've heard about the enemy is accolades. I mean, every I haven't heard anybody talk negatively. And I, you know, and I've asked around, like, what's up with the enemy? Why can't he get a job? You know, is he is he a jerk? Has he got something? Has he got some skeletons? Or like, what the hell's going on with him? And everybody's like, I don't know, man. The dude is the nicest guy in the world. He's super smart. He's you know he's got the Andy Reid pedigree, which you know his his uh, disciples actually are successful in coaching. I mean, I I don't know. Well, <laughs> well, there's one thing that's that's pretty apparent. 
It is. Dude's black. Can't get a job. You know, I, I, it's, it's just it. Nothing adds up, and that's bad. That's a bad look for the NFL. If he doesn't get a job this go round, seriously, wow. That's just that's just a yeah. You know what they ought to do is is get. If, if I'm the NFL, I'd clean house in Houston. Well, yeah, think and say Eric Bieniemy, you're the new head coach. Uh, Lewis Riddick, you're the new GM, and teams for sale. Well, I mean, yeah, that may be a little strong, but yeah, I, I, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, yellow, Puerto Rican, Asian. Doesn't matter if you're evidently not, if you're it not, does with the Eric Bieniemy. If, if you're not good at interviewing, you're not good at interviewing. Well, how can that guy not be good at interviewing? I have no idea. I mean, I've never been in an interview with him. But I've seen a hundred interviews with him, and the dude he's, is super smart, like incredibly charismatic. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely the. I mean, he's. I would say probably the, the best coach left. The only the thing, the only thing I could think of is yeah. people are just like, look, this is all Andy Reid. Andy Reid's doing all the play calling. He's doing all the game planning. The enemy is just an OC, and you know, figuratively. And if this is all Andy Reid, and if that's the perception then I can see that's probably – that may be one of the reasons he can't get a gig. But, I mean, at this point, that he's he's been under Andy Reid for how long? I mean, the dude knows what he's doing. Thought, I don't, you, I don't know. You thought, maybe, maybe it's just the right job opportunity hasn't opened up for him yet. I'm surprised the Chargers didn't go after him. There's freaking seven of them, for God's sake. Well, there's, only two, the, there's only two left. And, and the other part of that is you can say, well, is the offense great because of its scheme or because of Pat Mahomes? How much of it is Eric Bieniemy? I mean, can if you have Ty Hill and Eric, and Pat Mahomes, and I'm playing devil's advocate here. If Andy Reid's calling to play, and you have Pat Mahomes and Ty Tyreek Hill and Kelsey and a good a decent offensive line, I mean, I could probably call plays and, and make that work. I mean, that could be some of what's going on in the league that he's not getting due credit. So I don't know, but it just seems very bizarre at this point. Hire Eric Bieniemy. Well, you got, somebody. You only have two left. You only got Houston and Philly to fill, fill I think the spots. It, I think it's going to be Houston. There's there's no reason. But Mahomes and Watson are great friends. Hey, I, I guarantee you, they've talked before. Watson's not going to stay in Houston. If they get no Eric enemy, he will be. No. And that's why. And that's why. That's why. But they Watson already hired leave. that GM, and they already went behind his back and didn't consult him and disrespected him in so many ways. I just, I mean, the By dude, what? Not, not. I mean, the, they, Deshaun Watson is not. He is not only a top five quarterback in the league, but he is as he, he, as yeah. good a human being as you will ever meet in your life. That doesn't matter. You're still an employee of an of a business. Yeah, but if if you're if you're a top five quarterback, do you think they consult Tom Tom Brady on personnel decisions? <laughs> yeah, think they do. And I think that's why they're going to hire Eric Bieniemy. Then I, I mean, do do, do any uh, do you think Pat Mahomes gets consulted? Yes, of course he does. Yeah, I mean, just the great quarterbacks should you should listen to them because they got to run the freaking offense. And um, I don't know. I, I just think the way Houston operates is. Will will the, will the New England general manager was it Bill Cassiero or whatever his name is? He will he get a pass if he hires Eric Bieniemy? It'd be a start in the right direction. There you go. Um, and by hiring, and yeah. by hiring Eric Bieniemy, you'll probably keep Deshaun Watson because that's the guy he wanted. Well, depending on what happens with Philly, because Josh McDaniels, the OC for New England, is going is looking to get the job at, with the Eagles. So, I don't believe in Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm, you haven't I'm seen enough Josh McDaniels yet. You've only seen a year of him. Denver too, right? And that was a disaster. And, he, and that was a disaster. But he still won a playoff game. 
Don't forget about the pump fake in Indianapolis. But he still won a playoff game. Yeah, what about that? The, we're going like committing to Indianapolis and then backing out at the last minute. People like, do it just, all the time. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like he's a, he's a little different cat. And what what went on at Denver ought to scare any team off. To be quite honest, it, you know, from what I heard, he put cameras all up in the building everywhere and was like micromanaging down to the freaking uh, equipment managers and firing people for. I mean, it just it was it was Belichick on steroids without having any gravitas or credibility whatsoever as a head coach. <laughs> now, I mean, uh, hopefully, second time around, you're not stupid enough to do that stuff. But I don't know. I think it's hard to change your, you know, a leopard to change his spots in that situation. I don't know. It, it all changed pretty fast after Elway came into that Denver organization. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll uh, hear from Devin White. I want to hear from Devin White. I, we, I know we teased that, but we had a caller. So, a quick break. When we come back, Devin White, the um, exuberant. If you saw his, uh, was that Instagram live he did in the locker room? That was <laughs> that was some good stuff. Uh, X-rated, but good stuff. Back with Devin White in a sec. Uncut and unfiltered. More sports now with J.P. Peterson. Presented by FanStream Sports. Download the app today. Well, it looks like the uh, the Packers are going to have, what, 6,500 fans? Yep. Well, why would they take it down after last week when they had like I guess that's not, that's, that's not counting like the, the workers, the healthcare yeah. workers and stuff like that, that the NFL is doing as well. Yeah, I think they're probably going to put, uh, yeah, they'll put a lot more fans. That's paid fans, so they're going to distribute tickets to a lot more. Uh, Lambeau had some, I mean, freaking Buffalo sounded like 80,000. But Lambo was pretty loud too. Yeah, Buffalo with their six thousand sounding like a whole freaking yeah, posse probably. coming through. Yeah, they had. There was a. I believe somebody said that the hard. There was a hard count. They had to use a hard count. Baltimore did. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's, that's or a silent count. Yeah, no, or a silent count. Either either yeah. one. It's impressive because of the noise of just six thousand people sound like forty thousand, which is amazing. Even though you can see eighty thousand in Ralph. Yeah, um, love to see Bills Mafia here in Tampa. For the Super Bowl. That would be fun. Bring your tables. Yeah, bring your, bring your tables. You're not leaving with them. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, all right. Uh, Antonio Brown went for an MRI today. Not seen any results on that yet. But uh, he's got a knee issue. So he may not be able to play in this championship game. But does it really? I won't say. Of course it matters. You want Antonio Brown. But Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, this team is so freaking deep. How about the play Scotty Miller made? We already talked about Tyler Johnson. How about that that play down the down the field? There's just shooter baby. I mean, Way they're just so good. Way to get down. So freaking good. Yeah, he does that go to the ground catch better than anybody in in football. He's like, well, I'm only five six. I got so I, I might as well not go up. I just secure it here on the ground, and yeah. so it always just falls right into his arms. Crazy how good he is. Um, also, Vita Vea could practice this week and come back. That would be a huge get. For the Buccaneers. I mean, even if he plays 20 to 25 plays, as good as the Packers ran the football last week, to have Vita Vea back um, to push the pocket into Aaron Rodgers. Uh, did, I don't think Vita didn't play in that game against the Packers, did he? I want to say, I, I want to say, I think he was, it was I think he that got hurt game the or, week this, before. or the Chargers game where he fractured his ankle. I know it was in October. It was against the Giants that he fractured his, his leg, right? 
Go check that out for me. I got you. All right, 727-518-0820 is the number. Uh, who's up next before we get to Devin White? Dave from Tampa. Dave, what's up, my friend? Hey, hey JP. Happy times in Buckland, man. How about it, man? I know you're a longtime Buccaneer fan. How fun was that watching that game? Oh, I, I shed a tear last night. <laughs> 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 but this is just so bizarro, uh, JP, that, you know, the, the, the winning the cup, the Rays going to the World Series, and now, and now we're going to the NFC Championship for the chance to go to the Super Bowl. And I, I, I've said to myself, am I dreaming? But everybody else is having the same dreams. <laughs> I know. What a run. So, what a run. And uh, I just, I still don't feel like it's the same, you know, pre-COVID. Even though yeah. we've had fans in there and a lot of people have been able to go to the games. And thank God for that. Thank God we live in Florida. Oh yeah, um, but but, uh, but still, it just you know having a packed stadium, it just makes the vibe so much better. Oh yeah, that would have been that you know it's going to be much better if they let more into the Super Bowl for sure. Um, but I wanted to point something out yesterday, JP, that's blowing my mind about the statistics in this game. When I heard that, I didn't realize it, but when I heard that Gronk had one catch, Brown only had one catch, Evans only had one catch. Miller and on the other line. When you look at that, you think, oh, this must have been a blowout. No. Brady was such a witch yesterday. He's like, okay, you're going to take away my receivers. I'm going to hit them one time for a big play, each one of them, and then use our running game, and then score a touchdown himself. I mean, he is a witch. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, he is. I, I mean, that. That's that is mind blowing, JP. You you when when all your best receivers, all five of them, only have one catch, you know, ninety nine percent of the time that results in a loss. But this son of a gun just finds a hundred ways to win the game. And can can you speak on that, JP? Because yeah. my mind is still blown, and I'm still pinching well, myself, man. Uh, I'll hang know, up. Listen. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Look. I consider myself a student of the quarterback position. Um, you know, I've, I've just zeroed in on it and talked to a lot of people, and I just I try to study it as much as I can, and because I think it's the most fascinating position in sports. You know, I think it's I think it's the most difficult position in sports in all of sports to be a quarterback of an NFL team. I think it just it takes you have to be so alpha and in the 99th percentile in so many categories to really be able to do it. I mean, think about it. There's, what, 15 to 20 people on this planet that can do this job, that are capable of doing this job well? I mean, that's it. Most years, it may be even 10. I mean, so it's it's as hard a job as there is. And watching Brady from afar, you know, I always appreciated the way he was able to to do certain, certain things and win. But, you know, I always thought, well, Belichick, uh, first of all, they're cheating. Um, second of all, it's like Belichick's a big part of this. They really work well together. And now watching Brady do this on, you know, not on his own, but to come to a new team without a training camp uh, and a new offense and everything else, um, and to have his last five games be the best five games in uh, of any quarterback this year, I mean, that's crazy. If, at his age to be able to do that, but watching it up close, you know what it, you know what I see. He takes what you give him. He doesn't force things. He does not put the ball in danger very often. Um, he uh, 
He's in full control of the offense in terms of, I mean, he's not perfect, but he knows what everybody's doing at every time, listening to the audio and, and talking to people that listen to the audio all the time, the NFL Films guys, to know that he's just constantly coaching up guys at every level, every minuscule part of the game. I mean, that's that's a winning edge. I mean, every little detail, he's on top of it in reminding guys in the huddle. And that's part, because think about it, if you're an offensive lineman, and you're getting your head beat in or like every single game, it's hard to remember the details. And it's great when you have somebody like Brady who's like, okay, um, remember, we're going on this. Or, hey, let's hold on to our blocks a little bit longer in the run game and we'll get a little bit more success. So I, I just think those so many things like that are winning edges. And he he doesn't just affect you in terms of the passing game. He affects you in terms of the running game, getting in the right play motivating guys, reminding them, knowing how to use the clock. It's just so much a part of of this game is mental for a quarterback. And then to be able to, at 43 years old, keep your body in such a, a – in playing this brutal game, keep your body so healthy because of the way you, you work out every single day. It's not just about the season. It's about every day you treat your body like a temple. Not many players do that. So the sacrifices that he makes, the culture that he creates, the game day performance with poise, it's it's unbelievable. And to see it up close, now I really see why he is the GOAT. We knew it anyway for through the results, but now it's more like, man, that uh now you see what now you see what we're talking about. And it's been pretty evident. All right, let's uh let's listen in to the captain of the defense, shall we? Devin White, uh after the game. I don't know how much of that Instagram uh, live that you, if you've seen the, the post game uh, celebration that was pretty cool. But here's a, a exuberant Devin White after the game. Devin, just uh, you know, you hadn't played in a couple of weeks, man. But you, you get two big turnovers. What was what was with your defense and your game in particular today? Hey, it's all a team effort. I think the number one thing is, you know, Ty <laughs> Boyle said we're going to be feisty. We're going to challenge those guys. And, you know, he's going to take us over them. And I said the same thing. I said, man, I'm going to take my guys over they guys, man, because I know one thing. We might be young, but we can get after, you know, when we got our mindset to it. I mean, everybody's seen it. Where, where is the Tampa Bay defense from the Green Bay game? And we was really feisty with them. We was really challenging them at the line of scrimmage. And we was really getting after the quarterback. And I think we had that same mentality. Did you guys feel like Breeze wasn't going to throw the ball down the field much that you could kind of sit on some underneath stuff? Man, we just felt like Breeze couldn't, uh, you know, I felt, we kept feeling like we was taking his guys off, taking him off the spot, you know, the spots that he wanted to go to by pressing at the line of scrimmages, you know, throwing the timing off. That's basically it. It wasn't nothing Breeze did. It was everything our defense did. How about that? We'll go to Jenna Lane. Devin, first off, congratulations. You told us, Earlier in the week, you said that you needed a statement game against Drew Brees. You felt like you hadn't had one of those yet. What does it mean for you to to accomplish that mission, especially considering you didn't get to play last week? I mean, uh, the only thing was, number one thing about this game was my team got the victory. Uh, everything that happened in the game, that was just God will. You know, just me playing within the system, all us playing together, all us being on the same page, all us believing in one another. I mean, everything happened, man. We did that together. You know, it ain't no individual credit for me. And I'm just thankful, you know, the only thing was come down here, round three, knock them out, man. Our whole mindset with this weekend was they won the first two rounds. We got to win round three. And that's what we did. Can you take us through those two takeaways that you got there in the second half? Uh, 
I was in a certain defense, and I and I had the tight end or the running back up the scene. I pushed the running back towards my safety, uh, single high. I seen Winfield. He kind of got beat inside, but I seen him punching at the ball. But I was going in for the big hit because the tight end caught the ball, and Winfield got it out, popped right into my hands. And it was time to get busy. Turned into running back. And on my uh, on my interception. Time to get busy. Uh, we was in a certain defense, and I knew he was gonna try to get the ball to Alvin Kamara. My coach already told me uh, that it's gonna be a heavy dose of Alvin Kamara because he's the really only playmaker right now. So I just knew wherever he was, that's where I was gonna be. I was gonna make a play. And you know, I just want to shout out to God for allowing me to make that play, uh, allowing me to overcome the COVID stuff. And I'm just happy to be back with my squad. How about that? Go to Greg Almond. Media guys got to meet the energy. Yeah, Devin, the you guys, interviewer. the last nine times that Drew Brees has faced the Bucks, he had one pick total, and you guys got three today. But what does it do when you start getting those turnovers to make one fuel another like that? Um, man, the thing, the thing of the game is if you take the ball away more than you give it away, you win the game. And all we want to do is win the game. We knew That's that was going to have to come with him. We was up for the challenge. But, I mean, at the end of the day, man, everybody energy feed off another. So, when Sean got a pick, it's like, who's going to get the next pick? Like, you just got to keep it going. It's a momentum thing. It's a mindset. And that's one thing about uh, our guys in the back end, man. They got talked about. They stepped up to the plate. They got talked about. And now they stepping back up to the plate. It's just now it's the playoffs. They know everything online. You had guys out there playing through injuries and everything. And everybody put it on the line. That's why I love playing with these guys. Thanks, Dan. Time for a few more. We'll go to Scott Reynolds. Hey, Devin, congrats on that win. Uh, how does it feel with, with Drew Brees being kind of your personal tormentor the last several years to, to send this guy off into retirement with, uh, with, with a big playoff win from you guys in his house? I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the job's still not finished yet. It was never about, you know, uh, finishing or just beating the Saints. It's always about getting to the bigger goal. And, man, Tom preached that, and Tom is a winner. And I'm glad, you know, to be playing under his leadership. Mm -hmm. But, man, I respect Drew. I, I'm from mm -hmm. Louisiana. I went to LSU. You know, I watched the Saints growing up. I talked to Drew after the game, man. And I don't know what he's going to do with his career. But if he's going to end it after the night, he had a hell of a career. And I just want to say, man, I'm just blessed and honored to be able to watch him growing up and to be able to take the uh, same field as him. But, you know, even though I'm from Louisiana, it's forever go Bucks. Yeah, he's going to have that ball up in his trophy case. All right, we'll go I, to John Romano. I picked Drew Brees in the playoff game. Hey, Devin, it wasn't that long ago that you guys got blown out by New Orleans. You lost three out of four games in November. How did this team turn things around? What what came together in the past five weeks? Uh, Good question. I mean, we had to look ourselves in the mirror. And, you know, we just had to challenge ourselves on who we wanted to be. You know, everybody always asks what was our identity. And, you know, we didn't have an answer, but Coach B.A., he had an answer. He said, we some motherfuckers who yeah, going to find a way to win yeah, the game. Yeah. And that was the best thing that I ever heard, because I even was on Good Morning Football, and they asked me the same thing. And I didn't really know. But I said, we was going to figure yep. it out. But yep. he said that, it kind of clicked. And in this league, the only thing that matters is winning. So with him saying that, man, I think that just that did it for everybody. But at the end of the day, man, this is a, this a hard league. You know, I went from not being in the playoffs last year to going to the NFC Championship. What a year, you know, what a difference a year makes. So you just got to be bought in, man. You got to believe in the guys that's upstairs that's, you know, putting you in the position. And like I tell them guys every day, they, man, it was so hard through COVID because I enjoy going to work. That's what I do. Like, man, this is what I always wanted to be growing up, an NFL football player. And now that I got it, I'm not finna take it for granted. And once everybody, you know, if everybody had that mindset, man, the sky's the limit for anybody because, 
Man, this game is not all about talent because there's a lot of guys that ain't the most talented guys in there, but you just got to have that wheel in their heart. That's right. When did BA Devin uh, Devin White right there? Um, what what a what a player. Yeah, and I'll be honest, with you, when you first drafted, I was like, man, you're taking an inside linebacker that high in the draft. You got pass rushers on the board. I mean, this team needs a pass rush. Um, and I tell you what, they saw something in him, and I think from the very beginning, because you know, remember, he didn't grade out great against the run in college. He didn't. Uh, one a very poor run defender. We talked about his technique. Even in the NFL, he's not a great run defender, but. What he does is make big plays. And these days in the NFL, it's not so much about yardage as it is turnovers. You know, every turnover is worth a couple hundred yards on defense giving it up. Um, And if you can punch a ball out, if you can, you know, recover a fumble, get an interception like that, those two, you know, he's part of those two turnovers that turn the game around. So defense, I think, has become not so much about you know, stopping teams from gaining yards as it is red zone defense and taking the ball away. It's an offensive game. So if you can, you know, create pressure and create turnovers, well, that's that's a good defense. I don't, you know, the, the yardage totals really to me are almost insignificant. It's it's about points and it's about making game changing plays, which you which you saw from uh, from Devin White, no doubt about it. All right, 727-518-0820 is the number. Bruce Kradkowski is going to join us at uh, 515. We'll get his take on what's going on, uh, what what he saw in that particular game. If you want to join us, you can hit us up on uh, on that line as well, 727-518-0820. A um, couple other stories to get to you. The Vols, Tennessee firing Jeremy Pruitt following an internal investigation. Hmm. Hmm. Wonder what's going on in Tennessee. Now they have an opening in Tennessee, which actually Pruitt's done a pretty good job recruiting talent. Not a bad job. That is not a bad job in Tennessee. You got a great fan base, terrific fan base, SEC. They've proven that they can win national championships. So if in that in that school, so not I wonder who takes that job now that it's opened up a little bit. Late. Um, Mahomes has, may have re entered the protocol. Is that what they're saying right now? I'm, I'm reading this. Um, <laughs> you imagine the, no can, no Mahomes in the AFC title game? Chad Henney starts against the Bills. God, nobody wants to see that. No, just I don't me. even think Bills fans want. Well, I take that back. No, I think they'd be, pretty, they'd be pretty happy with that. Backflips. So what, what if the Bills, what if. What if the uh, the Chiefs somehow win that game on a Josh Allen knucklehead play like we saw in last year's playoffs? So he's obviously a much better quarterback. So then the Bucks play Chad Henney no. in the Super Bowl. No, that'd be three weeks. That'd be yeah, a pretty I mean, bad he'll be, he'll be better than – I mean, I'm just talking about, like, what a layup it would be. We got to get past Green Bay. We got uh, to go, go to Lambeau and take care of business. Yeah, their quarterback's pretty good. Oh, I'm all for I'm all for the Saints. We're, we got over that hump, but we got an even bigger hump this week. So all all steam ahead, full steam ahead. We might have I a, mean, we might have a 300 pound Samoan coming our way too. If you're the Bucks and you you know you got to go play an NFC Championship game, even though it's going to be 25 degrees, 60 percent chance of snow, it's a team you beat 38 to 10. You, you didn't just beat them; you drubbed them. 
I don't think Vita Vea is going to play this week. I think your your key for Vita Vea is your guys are going to try to win this week, and if you do, he'll be active for the Super Bowl. From what I'm reading, though, he's been he's been testing that leg for a while. It's he's ready to go. You know, it was a it was a fracture. So it's Same not with Jalen Waddle. Yeah, we'll see yeah. what we'll see what practice next week. Problem is, he's or this week, three hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> it's like you yeah. better you better make sure that thing is healed at three hundred fifty pounds. Well, Bucks have twenty one days to reactivate him. Yeah, well, they reactivated him today. He's he's they activated him, but he's they on the active roster. Yeah, he has twenty one days to be put on the active roster. Yeah. Um, from what I read, though, he's he's going to practice Wednesday and ready to go. We we, we shall see. The old Sheffer tweet. Uh, all right, uh, quick break. 515, Bruce Gradkowski is going to join us. Uh, more Bucks, and we'll hear from uh, Bruce Arians today. Did a press conference today, so we'll uh, reset that when we come back. Three minute break. Stay with us. Pure Sports. Let's go! Come on! Come on! Let's do it. Let's now do it. more with JP. Turn your radio up. The great Bruce Radkowski, former Bucks quarterback, now PFF analyst, will join us here at 515. We'll get his take on Tom Brady versus Drew Brees and um, break down each one of their their play in this game yesterday. What a phenomenal effort by the Bucks defense. Um, as we said at the top of the show, this was... You know, so much has been written about Brady and the Bucks, and how much Brady has elevated this team and changed its culture. And and I am, of course, the the leading advocate for all that. Since the day I started talking about this in January, right after the last Bucks season, saying this is a great fit for Tom Brady, and if the Bucks get him, they're going to the NFC Championship game at the very least. And that's where they're headed. That's where they're headed. And so, all credit to Brady. But this win. I think exemplified how good this roster really is. I mean, from top to bottom, so many young kids um, were key factors in this game. The veterans played well. I mean, just across the board, you you find every single player contributed in a very, very key way. And it just goes to show you how good this football team is. And, um, you know, I... If there's some way they can get Sue and JPP to come back next year, and I don't, I hate to look ahead like this when we're in the middle of a run, but there shouldn't be a whole lot of drop-off next year from this team. Agreed? No. I mean, they should be better almost because a lot of these young kids, you know, a year removed, a year into to football, they're going to get so much better in their second and third year. Yeah. Um, you may lose bowls as your DC. That would That would certainly be a hit. Yeah. Um, and another question is, you know, is Arians coming back, and how how would that that affect this team? But that's that's a thought for another time. And right now, though, I think it just showed, you know, how deep this team is. I mean, you have Leonard Fournette and Rojo, who were key, no doubt, keys to this to this game. The offensive line, I thought, played tremendously well. Aaron Stinney, in his first start, I thought, played really really well. Tyler Johnson. With a key catch, Antoine Winfield with a big, with maybe the biggest play of the game. Mike Edwards gets a pick. Um, Doesn't it seem like whenever we need an interception, Mike Edwards just seems comes to be out of nowhere. The, he's out, he's around yeah. the ball. Yeah, just or or we on. need a turnover and somehow it ends up in Devin White's hands. Yeah, you know, it just that's those are the guys that that win big time games like this. You, you they, they're they're just not overwhelmed by the moment. They're energized by it. 
And I think we got a lot of guys like that that have played in big time games. And then when you bring, you know, that confidence that you have when you have the goat. And you know what the the key was yesterday? I thought more than anything else is we didn't, you know, with the exception of the special teams, we didn't make the big mistake, right? There wasn't the horrible penalty, the terrible turnover in a certain situation. They just were not. That, those things are are the the old bucks. And it seems like since that Chicago game, especially when they had 13 penalties, it was ridiculous. They have led the league in the least penalties since then. And I think Tom Brady's a huge part of that. So, yeah, full credit to Brady and what he brought to this team. But I'd say full credit to Jason Light, Arians, the entire staff, with the players that they brought in. I mean, think of the players that they brought in. Uh, Brady and Gronk. Yeah. Not bad. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. Um Antonio Brown, which I didn't like, but you hated, looks pretty good now. But we don't even know if he's going to play. And he's dinged up, yeah, yeah. And and you know, and even I think Not even good. when he went out, it showed you we have depth that can cover that. We do, we do, yeah, we do. So, um, you know, the, look at the entire draft class. But we're going to need AB. Look at Tristan Wirfs, um, star. I mean, it's on Winfield. Tyler Johnson makes a huge play. We didn't see much of Sneak Vaughn, but he gave us a little bit this year. Um, I mean, the entire draft class is is balled out. Um, you know, who else did they bring in? Um, that I'm well, just to let you know about Tristan Wirfs, a little stat for you of the day. Um, so far against Washington and against New Orleans, New Orleans, only one uh, uh pass rush against him, like a quarterback pressure, one quarterback pressure. That's it, <laughs> no, not even a sack, no, nothing. Pretty one damn quarterback good, pressure. pretty damn good. Off on the right and side. more good news the Bucks could get Vita Vea back. Uh, he's he has been activated and could practice on Wednesday. We'll see how it goes. Could play this week. I mean, what I would say is probably at least the third best defensive tackle nose guard in this league to get him back in the middle six four three fifty in the middle of your defense against a Packers team that ran for one eighty eight. Well, that's good timing. That's nice. Okay, welcome back. You know, I, I could name a couple more that are better, but I mean, he's definitely a dominant force in the middle and would make our defense a, little, a, a monstrous improvement. Yeah, and, and this defense, how physical were they yesterday? And having Devin White back, it's just, this team is trending so very well. Um, let's listen in to Bruce Arians today, take some questions from the media about uh, not only the win yesterday, but Coming up, a visit to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Hey, uh, B.A., was there any update on uh, Antonio Brown's knee situation? Uh, no, he's in the MRI neck now, so we'll find out more this afternoon. And, you know, one of the big, big plays yesterday was, uh, of course, Tyler Johnson on that third and 11. Then Scotty Miller made, you know, had a huge play. I know Tom has a lot of trust, but what does it say about just that, right, that that those guys are in that situation is only like Tyler's 12th catch of the year um, that he would, he spent the time he would work with those guys and trust them in those big situations. Yeah. I mean, it's just, he sees those guys work so hard on the practice field and uh, he's got a great rapport with all of them, but uh, especially Scotty, but uh, I mean, Tyler, very few guys can twist and turn and make that catch. Uh, but Tom put it out there and, and he, he knew Tyler can make that catch. And I mean, he's got a great, great future. Thanks coach. We'll go to Junaline. Hey, Coach, along the same lines of, of Antonio, he's undergoing an MRI, but are, are there any sort of early indications? Uh, was there significant swelling? Is there any more you can tell us about uh, it from, from a preliminary <coughs> standpoint? Uh, no, not at all. Sorry. It's okay. I understand. <laughs> um, and, and let me ask you this, if I may. Um, 
you know, um, obviously you can't do the exact same thing that you did against this Packers team in, in week six, right? Like in, in, in danger of being too predictable. But what are some of the things that you really like that, that worked out really well for you guys uh, going against them in week six? Again, win the turnover battle. You know, we got the ball away from them and uh, one was a pick six. But uh, anytime you go on the road in the playoffs, you got to win the turnover battle if you're going to have a chance. Thank you, Coach. Mm-hmm. Bruce sounds like, like he celebrated a little bit last night. Hey, Bruce, I just want to check me? with you on Jamel Dean. Had seen he, he had to come off the field briefly at the end of the game. want to make sure he was okay as well. Yeah, all those guys uh, will know more later this afternoon. They're all, you know, training room, doctors and everything right now. We had a bunch of them, but uh, um, I don't think any of them are too serious. Um, I do know that Jack Sitchie, you had said, broke his arm on that initial punt there. I just want to ask you, can you get by with the existing linebacker depth you have, or do you guys need to sign somebody and, and get them through protocols quickly here? Uh, well, no, we'll, we'll get Kevin Minter back. So getting Kevin back will help, and then, then we'll move Dayon Buchanan up. Okay. Bruce, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll go to Scott Reynolds. Be nice having him back on special teams. Hey, Bruce. Uh, the him. forecast yeah. is, is for cold and snow up in Green Bay. Uh, that's obviously an element that, that they, they play in and are used to. You can't re- replicate snow down here in Tampa. I know you tried to go inside uh, to practice in a, in a domed environment. You've practiced at night for night games. But, hey, how do you prepare your team that is a Florida-based team for, for that type of, of elemental conditions? It's just a matter of staying warm on the sidelines because when you're out there on the field, it's, there's, I don't know if anybody – every time I played in Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Buffalo, nobody was cold out on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just – it's a matter of it's – it's more mental than staying warm on the sideline. I've got all that technology now uh, with heaters and everything else. So it's, it's really not it's, – it's, it's different, but it's, it's, it's not that big difference. And then, Bruce, how are you feeling? It sounds like you're a little under the weather today. No, I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Great. Too many beers what? Uh, just ask him if he was going to go Scott. <laughs> Coach, the, uh, the duo of Fournette uh, and Jones worked so effectively yesterday. Are you inclined just to can you continue working them in tandem like that? Yeah, that's kind of been the plan all year, you know, just trying to keep them both fresh and, uh, you know, getting Rojo back and getting him back in shape from the COVID and the finger. So uh, Leonard's done a great job in his absence and, and Roe really added a spark when he got in there. So it's a good one-two punch. And, and the turnovers, you've only committed two in the last six games. That's the whole storyline. Just behind the scenes, how much do you preach about it to the guys? Do you preach about it so much you get sick of hearing about it? I think they do. <laughs> they do, because that's where we start every meeting. Thanks. <laughs> we'll go to yeah. Kevin O'Donnell. It's panned out. Hey, Bruce, uh, having uh, another big signature win versus, uh, you know, a quality team like uh, New Orleans yesterday, um, what does it do for, for a team that, that kind of has struggled? You know, it was the first win you've had against New Orleans, and obviously uh, they, I think they've beaten them, uh, what, five straight times. So what does that do? I mean, you could tell the energy in the locker room was, was at an all-time high. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it boosts the confidence for sure, you know. Um, but we went there expecting a win. Uh, it was not a it was not a shock to us that we won and we went there to expect to win. Uh, we're such a different team than when we played back in, in November. So, um, you know, the same thing. Green Bay is a different team than we played back then. So those games don't really matter anymore. The only way they matter is just individual matchups. If you watch along the line of scrimmage, who could handle who, who couldn't. 
And, uh, you know, players may not admit it, but it's it's very adamant, I mean, very evident on tape that you can see where you might need to make some adjustments. So uh, that's going to be a big part of the game. And at least against Matt LaFleur's coaching staff, which they've done a hell of a job, let's just be honest about that. But um, I like what the Bucks Bucks did this week. They outcoached Sean Payton, no doubt about it. All right, quick break. When we come back, Bruce Gradkowski will join us, former Buccaneer quarterback, now analyst for PFF. He only had a great four games this week, so he should be nice and uh, energetic, like Devin White-level energy, hopefully. Next. Coming back at you. Let's get back to the show. It's only just begun. More with J.P. Peterson. Powered by FanStream Sports on the Big 8. All right, let's go inside the game with uh, our good friend Bruce Gradkowski, former Buccaneers quarterback, now lead analyst at Pro Football Focus, who grades every throw of the NFL schedule. And Well, you only had four games this weekend. You should be uh, all, uh, all energetic today. What's up, Bruce? How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. I was actually uh, told my wife, I'm like, man, this was like the most unproductive day <laughs> all year. I was like, what? Like, I could not focus in. Like, after I graded the two games from yesterday, because uh, the other two on Saturday, I got them in one Saturday night, one Sunday morning. And uh, just today, I did one of them last night, one of them this morning. So I'm like, man, I, I feel unproductive today. I was trying to focus <laughs> in what I was going to look at next. Uh, but yeah, so it's a good day. All right. Well, let's talk, uh, Tom Brady. Um, the numbers weren't gaudy, but boy, he sure made the plays when he had to. And I'll throw the two quarterback sneaks in there, which were huge plays in the game. Um, and just big plays every time they needed it on fourth down on third down. How did you grade his performance? Yeah, I I thought he played pretty well. I mean, I think initially to start off, you know, kind of looked a little shaky at first. Oh yeah. But, um, you know, and that was my thing. Like, I think early on, if you get some pressure around him, um, you you have to get him started in a rhythm some way, somehow. You know, is it is it kind of running the football more to take pressure off him? Is it play action pass? Is it quick screens? You know, what is it to get him started early? Because those third downs were tough. You know, you get kind of guys around you and things of that sort. But then he settled in, like you said. He made the necessary plays. I think you know, it's it's just the one drive that stands out to me. Uh, it was like third and eleven. It was he threw like that back yeah. shoulder ball on the right sideline to Tyler Johnson, to what, John, the rookie. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, and an unbelievable catch. And then what? A few plays later, he hits Scotty Miller. Like that drive to me, there for them to go up three. You know, they just got a field goal there, but I felt like that conversion on third and 11 mm-hmm. was like the turning point, you know, because it kept that drive alive. They got points. And then of course, like the turnover after that by the defense help. But I just thought that that was what my big takeaway yeah. from it was, uh, was the turnovers defensively. And, and, and a little bit back to Brady. And what is it about him that you just mentioned those those two key plays in the game. It just seems like when you need that play, you really momentum's going against you or to continue the momentum or what have you, he just seems to know where to go, what to do, and get it done. And that, 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 isn't yeah. that the story of his career? It really is. You know, I was thinking about that today, too. Like, we almost take it for granted, yeah. right? We're yeah. sitting here. He's back, he's back in the 
championship game. Like, now it's the NFC championship. And he was just in AFC championships how many times? And it's 13. like, of course, <laughs> yeah. And, of course, Tampa has a good team. And I like Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. But it is. It's like, man, what he brings to that team, not only on the field, but the, just the mentality. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yeah. It's just a because he expects this, right? He expects to be back. And man, it, it rubs off on, on him. So it's just, you know, it's just so amazing, especially like him and Breeze to both watch those guys. You know, I feel for Breeze in that, you know, game yesterday, but for what those two have accomplished in their career, um, it's, it's just pretty remarkable. So, Bruce, what did you see from the Bucks defense that was the difference in this game? I mean, obviously, in the last game in November, Bowles comes out in this soft zone defense off coverage, and Breeze just picked them apart. And I was just like, right. we, I think we both said this, like, what the hell is Bowles, <laughs> Bowles thinking? And it was, uh, yeah. you know, it was exactly the opposite. And, you know, for me all week we talked about just the, the Bucks defensive backs. Can they hold up in this man coverage and be physical at the line of scrimmage with Michael Thomas? And they shut him out. He didn't have a single catch. I right, mean, what a right. phenomenal turnaround for this Bucks defense. That's what I thought, like how aggressive they were playing and, and just with confidence, and man, defensively, when you start getting a few turnovers uh, and you get your hand on that football, it's, it's almost like it's just a snowball effect, and it continues to happen. And that's what, it, that's what happened, you know, in the game. Because, look, I look at it, and, you know, Brady did enough to win, but that Tampa defense won that game with the turnovers. I mean, they're not sitting in that position at that point in the game if it wasn't for that defense. Unbelievable play by Winfield to, to uh, knock the you yeah. know ball out yeah. on the slant for the fumble. I was just thinking in that moment, too, because I, I kind of wanted to see Tampa win. I was like, come on, man, make a play. Because I just felt like with Drew Brees and how methodical they are offensively, gosh, they're just going to keep this ball and move it down the field, and then boom, it would have been a third-down conversion. He popped them. Tampa gets on. I mean, just really unbelievable plays defensively. Yeah, and I mean, Breeze is going to hang it up. We know that. And from what you can see, it's time, right? I mean, no disrespect to him, right. but it's just it's just time for him to to hang it up. There's a there's a noticeable difference in the abilities of Brady and Breeze in terms of their arm strength and ability to get the ball downfield, right? Yeah, I mean, Brady physically still looks good. I mean, yeah. his arm there's there's no issue with his arm. The only thing when you get older is those things. You don't want pressure around you. You don't want to take hits. You don't yeah. want guys landing on you or hitting you in the legs or as you follow through. It's just different, right? You're not like a young stud anymore. <laughs> so just taking those that pounding is just different. And then I look at Breeze. I mean, it really is remarkable because at the end of my career, my right shoulder was going on me. I mean, I had surgery on a torn labrum. I had a partially torn rotator cuff. So to practice every day, I'm popping like four Advil. It's not fun. I mean, I I had how many cortisone shots in my right shoulder, um, you know, before OTA started, before training (laughs) camp started, to to try to get me through the year. And I got to the point, man, it was not fun going to practice. I didn't feel good. And then not not only that, when you're wanting wanting to do stuff on the field that you physically can't, it's a scary feeling, you know, and, and I kind of was just disappointed how my career ended uh, because of that, because I didn't feel good and I wasn't making throws like I knew I could at one point in my career. 
Uh, well, he, he'll ride off into the sunset as a top five quarterback all time. Agreed? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I just think you look at uh, Drew Brees' career, and we, we do take these guys for granted. I mean, Drew Brees was in San Diego. He had the major shoulder injury. And to think that the Saints signed him off of that, and that's when the marriage <laughs> between him and Sean Payton started. And just think what he brought to New Orleans. Yeah. A Super Bowl. Think of like all the uh, travesties with with uh, Hurricane Katrina yes. and stuff like that. Yes. So just the life he brought to New Orleans, because Breeze is is one of the best legit guys out there as far as um, intentionally being right for the community oh and giving God, back. Yeah. And so I mean, it's just his story was has just been amazing, and and especially for a guy that's what. Six one, six foot, yeah, and you know, not the biggest arm throughout his whole career, but he, you know, just just the amount of yards he's thrown for and touch—it's just amazing. It's insane. Bruce Gradkowski joining us here. Uh, what did you think of Lamar Jackson's uh, performance before he had to leave? And by the way, what a great story! The Bills Mafia—I think they raised like two hundred thousand dollars for his charity because you know because he got hurt late in the game. But aside from that, yeah. what, just great. It's great to see that. But uh, what did you think of the way he played? I so many people want to put it on him, um, just not being able to make the throws in the crucial situations. The wind in that game was ridiculous as well. Yeah. I mean, well, first off, Bill's Mafia, they're unbelievable. Yeah. You know, they, they've done that how many times now for guys' charities, for Andy Dolan, for Josh Allen, now for Lamar Jackson. So it's it's just really cool to see what sports – uh, brings together, you know, the fan bases and, and all that. So that's cool. And, um, you know, Lamar Jackson, I, I think you brought it up, man, the win. You know, I mean, that's why Josh Allen is perfect for that city. Big, yeah. strong dude, athletic, has a big arm, can cut it through the win. Um, but even he I, was I having like issues in that win. Absolutely, yeah. Everybody was. He, yeah. He, missed, he missed a few uh, balls downfield because of the win. Yep. And, um yeah, Lamar Jackson, I, I just was a little disappointed offensively. They couldn't really get anything established and going. Um, and I thought the way that the game started with, like, I think it was like a 12-yard run here, 10 here. I was like, oh, this might be a long game. And then they never really could get things going. Uh, what, what did you think about Pat Mahomes and his uh, his availability, you think, for, for this week's game? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I mean, they really got to take this. Uh, cautious and in the right way because you know the camera was right on him when he got up and he was just staggering around. So yeah. of course now with the, the focus on the, the health and safety of the players, you know of course they go through the right protocol and, and he'll go through that. And you know I've had a, a, a bad concussion once in my career, and it took me two weeks to to get back. You know because when I got back to physical activity. I got nauseous and sick, mm. and, you know, so as long as the symptoms subside and, and he passes all the tests, you know, hopefully he's good. And I think he could be, you know, but it just depends on how bad it was and how fast he, he can get back from it. Um, it the, thing that was, the, the thing that was crazy is um, it didn't look like – when you saw the replays, yeah. the hit didn't look like crazy, no. right? I thought no. he got drove into the ground, but when you, when you saw the replay, it was like, where did he hit his head? 
for that to happen. So that was what like the scary part. Yeah, it was um, weird. So hopefully he'll be okay. Yeah, I, I heard Jay Glazer say that he got choked out a little bit because the, the the guy wrapped, wrapped his arm around his neck for a little bit, and that kind of made a little sense to me because even in that short period of time, if you you know if you take all the oxygen from him, you're gonna fall down like a like a drunk. Right. That that's what I thought too. Initially, you, you saw the guy's arm wrapped around his neck. That I'm like, man, did he just kind of, you know, lose, lose yeah. breath and just, you know, a chokehold, and he was out for a few seconds. So it was scary. But hopefully, I mean, honestly, if that was the case, then you expect him to be back, you know, quicker. Hey, listen, while we got you, uh, give me a little uh, preview on Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady here, and, and can Green Bay make the necessary adjustments, and, and what adjustments might that be? Uh, to be a different team than we saw in the 38-10 to 10 loss here in Tampa Bay? Oh, I mean, how, how about this rematch? Awesome. You know, I almost <laughs> you know, didn't think much into it, but, you know, now you're talking about a team and, it, it, you know, Aaron Rodgers really wanting some revenge here. And being in Lambeau, uh, you know, I think weather could be a factor. But, you know, Brady's played in that weather his whole career, so he might feel like he's right back at Foxborough in the AFC Championship game. And now it's going to be the NFC Championship game in Lambeau. So it's going to be fun to watch. And I just think it is, you know, how much can this Bucks defense do? They're going to play, be playing on high, a lot of energy for mm-hmm. what they did uh, this past week against Breeze. And if they could get some, you know, turnovers like that, you know, it, it could be a good game for the Bucks. But that's the main the main key. I mean, Rodgers forced a few in there at the end of the first half, mm-hmm. but other than that, the, the, the Green Bay offense could do whatever they wanted against the number one defense yeah, last and, week. Yeah, and uh, the Bucks may get Vita Vea back, which would help in the, in the run game, and the right. Packers went nuts with the run game this week, so that could be a big get-back for the Bucks. So, it, You know, it's just such a cool matchup. You know, yeah. we got the old dogs in the NFC and the young studs in the, in the AFC, so... Well, we'll see what happens, but I think this one should be fun with Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, and Brady matching up. And uh, you know, I, I want to see Tampa Bay's offense play a little better. I mean, I know they did some nice things and they made the necessary plays, but I wouldn't mind this being just a back and forth batter, battle for four quarters. Hey, I like I like the old salty dogs against the young kids. You know, the old guys usually have a few tricks up their sleeve, so. Oh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> My personal experience. All right, partner. Uh, enjoy talking to you. We'll uh, maybe do this again next week if the Bucks keep on going. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good, my man. Let's good roll. luck. All right, partner. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. Uh, we'll uh, take a quick break here. We'll come back, take some phone calls. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with J.P. All right, welcome back. 727-518-0820 is the number if you want to jump in here and uh, chat about some Bucks and Saints. Um, what, a, what a what a way for the uh, the Bucks to get to the NFC Championship game. You wouldn't have wanted to go through uh, any other way. You wanted to get that win over the Saints, and you know, not that the radio Johnny's just self a self avowed Saints fan, but he's taking it well. But the rivalry between the two fan bases is fantastic. The rivalry between the two teams is great. But you can't have a rivalry if it's one-sided. And it had become very, very one-sided. So as a Bucks fan, you know, to lose five in a row, 
I'll take those five losses as long as I win that one because that's a big one. That's the big one. Well agreed. I and, think we're moving on, baby. And did you realize that in 45 years, the Bucks have won two postseason games how many times? Once. Once before this. So <laughs> think about that for a second. In 45 years of football, twice in 45 years the Bucks have done it. Tom Brady does it every year. <laughs> I mean, and think uh, somebody tweeted this out. Uh, there was an article back after the first game of um, Brady with the Bucks, and the title of the article was uh, "Bucks Having Buyer's Remorse on Tom Brady." <laughs> Analysts say, "I mean, how flippin' stupid is that?" I do remember a local writer here, passenger. Saying uh, at the beginning of the season, oh, 43-year-old quarterback, Gronk hasn't played in a year and a half. This is going to come back and bite the Bucks right in the ass. This is another stupid move this by the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are going to go 7-9, and nine, miss out the playoffs. Terrible. Uh, why would you do this? This is, a, this is grasping at straws. It's a desperation move by Arians we, on his way out. We know the first year in the Arian system is always the hardest. Uh, Brady, Brady will never. Remember, even halfway through the season, it was like on get up. Whose offense is this? Arians, Arians. It, when Tom's doing well, it's his offense. When Arians is doing, when it's terrible, it's Arians' offense. Tom can't throw the deep ball. Oh, there's a horrible rift between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. They can't get along. It's so bad. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians <laughs> tried to go golfing over the bye week. Nobody would let him. Lies, lies, lies. All of it just terrible. Yeah, I mean, did. did Yes, there were people out there that expected, oh, Tom Brady's here. We're going to win every single game. And they're going to come out in the first game and and be all well-oiled and ready to go. And we said, no, no. The defense needs to carry this team through the first quarter or half of the season. And they did. The defense played pretty damn well early on. When the offense started getting it going in the middle, A.B. came along. There's a little bit of a lull. You played some really good teams. Didn't get blown out. Uh, but the defense looked uh, vulnerable. Let's just be be honest about it. And if there's anything that gives you really gives you hope, is this defense kind of returned to that Green Bay game type of form. And they and, and this is what we've been kind of saying all year long. This is how this defense plays at its best when they're up in people's grills. You know that off coverage is just for it's awful. Just get up in the face. And get after it. And I, I think Todd Bowles obviously has forgotten more football than I'll ever know. But um, that game plan against Breeze the first time was a joke. And they fixed that in a very good way. In a very good way. Well, now, now we got to think, just like against New Orleans, those first two games of the regular season didn't matter. Neither does this 38-10 to 10 victory over Green Bay matter. It really doesn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter whatsoever. You know, it's like it's like Arian said today, you know, these are two very different teams. Like the Bucks are a different team. Uh they're two very different teams. And I think um I think the Packers are healthier defensively. Um I mean, what did you guys think of their performance the other day? I I think they're just a Matt LaFleur team. You run the ball, play action, you take away the run, which the Buccaneers can do. Uh, take away the run, they become one-dimensional. You put pressure in Aaron's face. He's a little bit more mobile than Drew Brees, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, nothing that we haven't seen before this year. So That that play by Rodgers at the goal line where he uh, pump fakes Leonard Floyd and then runs it in, 
That was vintage Aaron Rodgers. Now, what is he, 36 years old? 37. 37 years old? I mean, you want we talk about Brady looking good for his age. You know, Aaron Rodgers looks pretty damn good for his age as well. And and don't forget, he got he doesn't have as many miles on him as Brady does because he hit what his first sat. four years he sat. sat. First four years. Yeah, I mean, so behind Mister Fav. But uh, do you remember how we were all? And I'll throw myself in this this category, bitching and moaning about the Packers taking Jordan Love in the first. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be out of here. He may not even play this year. Like, like Rodgers going to be the next Buccaneers quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's like it was like you know they didn't. How do you not get him any weapons? Blah blah blah. I'm like, well. It, because he has enough weapons already, apparently. I mean, we, he really hasn't been. I mean, have we said uh, very often, "Wow, the Packers suck because they didn't have an extra wide receiver." I mean, there were no. times when it looked a little stale, but no, they just had receivers that nobody really knew about. Yeah, other than maybe like outside of Devontae Adams, maybe Alan Lazard and Valdez. Yeah, we knew nothing about Lazard. He turned out pretty good. But Mark, I might Tanyan. Even, I meant to meant, yeah. I'm not going to mention try to say St. Brown's first name. It's weird marquisium or something that's exactly what his first name looks like it looks weird yeah but but um i still think the packers are vulnerable in the run game did you see what cam Akers did in that game especially when he when he lined up in the uh in the uh in the wildcat uh near the goal line he was like dude he looked at that middle linebacker of 51 i forget i don't i forget who it is he said i'm i'm, I'm gonna come run you over and carry you into the end zone and that's exactly what he freaking did I think the Bucks can run the ball on the Packers. I think they can, well, and I think they that's will. That's been the Packers' Packers' weakness all year. I think the they they can, and they will, and they'll 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 bludgeon them. And I, I will say this though: the Packers' offensive line is legit. I think it got. I think the the, the Packers' run defense got a little better, but not by much. <laughs> well, I think um, I think having Vita Vea is going to be huge because if you can make if you can make the Packers one dimensional and rush the passer and, and get after. Rodgers, you you can obviously beat them. The Bucks did it. Uh, no David Bakhtiari, just like this past weekend. So Shaq Barrett, JPP, pin your ears back, boys. Get after it. And I, I just don't I don't think we'll see Bowles back off what they did against the same. If we do, I'm going to be very disappointed. And again, obviously Rodgers has a much bigger arm than Breeze, and he can beat you down the field. But I still say this is the best of what the Bucks Bucks did. And but you can't you also can't go into this game saying we're going to do exactly what we did last time and be successful. I, you should. I don't think you should stray very far from that game plan because it worked. But you're going to have to have a few wrinkles in there as well, obviously. So, and Bowles is is he interviewing today with the Eagles? Yes. But he's not. It's not like he's flying up to Philadelphia. I mean, they're doing everything virtually, so and I, it's it shouldn't be something that gets him out of his. Uh, out of his preparation lane, so they got a full week to get ready. I love it. Twenty-five degrees, sixty percent chance of snow, and uh, I, I say bring it on, bring it on. All right, we'll take a quick break. Our final break here: seven two seven five one eight zero eight twenty. If you would like to jump aboard, uh, we'll come back and update you on. Um, have we heard anything on Antonio Brown yet? His MRI. Well, uh, we'll find out. And there's a little raised news as well. Stay with us. Yeah, I think I'll make me some homemade. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is Unfiltered Pure Sports. Now, more with J.P. Peterson.
All right, this is uh, from our friend uh, Carmen Vitale at the uh, Buccaneers. Uh, vis-a-vis, uh, Vita Vea returning said, uh, to be clear, designated to return means Vita Vea will enter the 21-day window in which the Bucks can activate him to the active roster. That allows Vea to practice with the team without counting against the 53. So good sign, she writes, but does not mean he will play this Sunday. So it all depend re- really on you know how he reacts in practice and when he gets you know puts the weight on it and runs on it um but again having him for you know 20 to 30 plays would certainly be tremendous absolutely all right 727-518-0820 is the number if you'd like to uh jump aboard here forecast for green bay 25 degrees and snow to yeah. start for the yep. NFC championship rain. game that's what rain it's a snow all weekend up there Really? So there'll be oh, there'll be snow on the ground everywhere, except the uh, the field, of course. And just an update on the lightning. I forgot to let you know. Uh, Curtis McElhenney and Blake Coleman are both on the COVID list protocol, so they both have. They're going to be on that list probably for two weeks now. Oh, we need a backup goalie, huh? Uh, hmm. yeah, for now. Yeah, well, I guess that's good when you have a week off. Because the both both the Dallas games were moved to May. Yeah, they don't play till Thursday, so that's good. And that'll give them time to practice as well. But so, yeah, well, they look good. They look good on. I mean, first couple games for being what it was, it wasn't bad at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to think the the um, when when I was in Lambo for that playoff game in '97, I believe it was. It was about as I recall. It was. About 15 degrees that day. Huh, yeah, and nothing. That, Pretty yeah. warm day in, in uh, you know, Wisconsin. Yeah. And, and like, you know, Bruce said on the call today earlier that, you know, it's just with the heaters and everything these days, it's not, you know, it's not as bad as it used to be playing in the cold. You know, you got you got your jackets, you got your, you got your, uh, the heater. And when, when you're on the field, you just got adrenaline going through your, Anyway, and of course, you know the the one that's most important is Brady. You got to handle the football. You got to you know deflate the football to the to the right number. <laughs> so you well, Brady can get a be wearing on. gloves. Whatever he'll be doing, it won't be it won't be foreign to him. You know. Yeah. Now the receivers, you know, obviously Gronk shouldn't have an issue. He's played in it before many many times. Um, and I do think your blood does kind of thin out or or thicken, whatever you want to call it, when you live down here. And it's, but that'll only be for a few minutes. I think they'll get used to playing. They, they've played in it before. You know, it's just not like if, if you've never played in it, it's going to affect you. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, Devin White, you know, maybe that would. I I don't know if he's ever played in a cold weather game. Probably hasn't playing in the SEC. I want to see that psychopath. Be pregame no shirt on. Yeah, but like I was like, you think cold <laughs> weather's gonna stop that dude? Like, no way. You you worry about the skill positions, catching the ball, throwing the ball. And so if A B plays, he's clearly played in a lot of cold weather games. Uh don't know much about Scotty Miller, Mike Evans, probably not. Goblin went to Penn State. Got, got, okay, so and grew up in Delaware. So he's he's used to playing in cold weather. Um so I really don't see it as a as a huge issue. Ronald Jones hasn't. Leonard uh, probably yeah, hasn't. Ronald Jones not. Oh. Leonard Fournette no, no no. They're definitely sad. Those two guys and that that's an issue. I mean, holding on to the ball in cold weather, especially when you just had a broken pinky, uh, and then catching the ball in cold weather if you've never done it for guys that aren't 
the greatest at catching the football. So yeah, Lashawn McCoy. Yeah, Lashawn McCoy, yeah. shady. He's he might be an X factor. He could be the X factor this week, and especially Cam Bray, who how also fr- went to Harvard. Gee, like how freaking deep is this team? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've known this all year long, but it just seems like. Every time we plug somebody in, Aaron Stinney goes in and just plays lights out. Yeah, as long as your name's not Joel Haig. Yeah. Only when he's the sixth offensive lineman on the field. Yeah, it didn't work out so well. Um, hey, before we go, I wanted to, uh, to uh, welcome to the show yet another sponsor. We are getting more sponsors time and time again. Um, the latest, uh, if you need a realtor, Eric and Natalie Weatherington. Whether you're buying or selling, it's the Weatherington Group. Get it, Weather. Buying or selling, it's the weathering team. Anyway, so they're going to join us and uh, a couple of folks that are really, really good at what they do. And it's a great market to buy or sell right now. If you're selling, you're going to get top dollar. If you're buying, you better get it done now. Rates are very, very low. Um, they've been in the top 3% in sales volume in Hillsborough County uh, for the last few years. 22 years in the business buying and selling. Five-star Zillow ratings and reviews. And um, I love them because they are passionate about what they do. So if you need a realtor and you need some, you'll hear their voices uh, in the upcoming days here if, on, on the show. Um, they're, first of all, really fun people to be around, but they're very passionate about what they do and very, very competent in what they do. They get the job done. Um, so give them a call at 813-340-8550. That's 813-340-8550, and they will help you out. So you'll be hearing more from the Weatherington Group as we go along. Welcome aboard, folks. Um, all right, what else did we uh, not get to today, boys? Uh, oh, we want to hear a little bit more from Brady. We got a little bit more from Brady. We did not play from the post game. Um, the GOAT to was giving everybody else credit like he does as the as the benevolent leader of this team. So let's listen into uh, Tom Brady for a couple more questions. All right, we'll go to Scott Reynolds, then close out with Joey Knight. Okay, sounds good. Good plan. Tom, congrats on the win. The current forecast for Green Bay next Sunday, 24 degrees and snow. Just said that. You've played in some snow games uh, in your, in your uh, past. Uh, a lot of Buccaneer players have not probably. How do you, how do you prepare – for that type of, of condition when you, you can't simulate that down here in Tampa during the week of practice? Uh, you just got to have some mental toughness and wear some warm clothes and be ready to go. So there's uh yeah, it's chilly, man. It's that's, that's uh, January football in Northeast Midwest. And um, we'll be prepared. You know, the team that plays the best going to win, not the team that is the coldest or, you know, we're going to have to go out there and play well and um, we're going to be challenged and, going to be a great game last one from joey knight tom speaking of your protection aaron stinney had a pretty tall order in his first nfl start looks like he did his job today you speak to that stinney did a great job stepped in the whole line did a great job uh, ryan um stinney obviously Allie, just such a warrior out there donnie played an incredible game big tristan does great joe hey came in um there was just a lot of great you know everyone up front played played huge so we need that it starts with those guys always and uh you know great to see those guys come through so thank you guys talk to you later thanks tom go play with drew and his kids will you <laughs> um uh some of the great tweets from the game when the bucks won um jason light might have had the best tweet he just tweeted out we debt we debt who debt we debt 
Johnny's just shaking his head. Who that? We that. That's a good oh one. my God, you guys Bucket. are somewhere for the first time in freaking ages, and it's like the freaking world's coming to end. Oh my God. Two minutes left we'll in the let show. You we, guys, finally get, we'll, we finally get We'll guys we let you have one for one year, and then you guys will bitch and moan about it, how you guys suck for the next 10. Okay, I've had my fair share. <laughs> I finally broke him in the last minute of the program. <laughs> I've been waiting to say that all day. <laughs> I just oh wanted to God, make sure it was funny. said once, and I wasn't going to say it eight times. That's good. That was well done, <laughs> well done brother. Uh, from Derek Brooks. Congrats! Last time we went north for an NFC Championship game, business was handled. Just saying, we shut down the stadium. Yeah, I remember it well. I was there. No, I think COVID and the the mayor did that one for you. Um, <laughs> shut down the stadium. Yep. Um, the uh, yeah, I was there at that game too. And the vet. Boy, now that was freaking cold that day. That was, I think it was colder that day than it was in Lambeau, to be quite honest. I'd have to check my meteorological forecast, but that was freaking cold. Um, but it was nice. That was a nice, it was a beautiful day to shut that place down and shut those people up. Oh, well, let's hope the ride is the same in Lambeau, baby. All right, our thanks to uh, the great Bruce Gadkowski who joined us today, uh, Mike Neighbors as well, Shane Stafford. And all your calls, we will uh, chat with you guys tomorrow as we start looking ahead to this NFC Championship game. Have a great night, everybody. Remember, one love. Please, one love.